Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. We're rolling, brother. Are you on? taking the time. It's been a long time, man. (laughs) Trying to track you down. Trying to track me down. Well, I mean, I want to. I want to introduce you as the most hated politician in Niagara. I don't want to offend you, though, man. More than Donald Trump. <laughs> well, I mean, you you're making the most news for sure. So if I'm going to talk to someone, I want to talk to the guy that's making the most news and the guy that's the most controversial. So, well, thanks for taking the time. No and problem, Jim. You need no introduction, but I'll introduce you anyway. Sandy Petrowski. Um. So, man, we've had... Uh, Second term regional counselor. Yeah. Right? Don't forget that. Yeah. One year to go. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Now, I know everyone... Well, not everyone. For me, this uh, integrity commissioner has been a long haul. Amen. I mean, we went through this governance conversation started by St. Catharines. You know, this double direct thing. And at first, you know, I want to take credit for being the guy that says, Hey, good on you, Walter, for trying to slide one through. Uh, when when he tried to get the test pilot, you know, uh, anytime you can go to the province and get some of our sovereignty back and some of our power back, I'm a fan of it. And I thought it was kind of slippery being a neophyte, newly elected, that he was going to take a route like that and just try and slide it through. So I like the idea. But at the first, the double direct, I didn't really know where I fell on it. But then as I looked at it, it's not going to save any money. Centralizing power is no good. And this idea that we've got too many elected Acor- According to you. Yeah, well... <laughs> I mean, anytime you centralize the power and take it further away from the people that actually, where the issues lie, I think that we can do, I'd rather see the, the region abolished. But, uh, uh, you know, going back it's to... doing a good job on its own, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, <laughs> some people are, a lot of people are really frustrated by it. So um, The dual so, direct, though, I think Walter, though, had a kind of obligation to bring it in because he was general manager of uh, mm-hmm. the Commerce Court people. What's and he that? campaigned on it, for sure. The... Uh, what do they call them? Chamber of Commerce. Yeah. He campaigned on, so I guess he thought it would work. But I don't think the title suited it properly, and, and that was confusing. Double direct. All, all it. I, I like the title dual role. Right. So you're wearing two hats. You're uh, you're um, a municipal councillor, and you're a regional councillor, and that model works. And of course, the nonsensical notion is that it's going to help improve communications right so uh no i think it could work if the city of st Catharines council shrunk down to six councillors right i don't even know if we need ward councillors but i guess if you went to a ward councillor it'd certainly be cheaper to run it's highly unfair right now that we have regional councillors who have to run across the city like me um with folks who are running for mayor uh they pay regional councillors all of about 25000 net a year, which is grossly underpaid compared to what our uh, other— And it speaks to the type of candidate that you can attract or recruit to with that type of uh, compensation. We all know where that, that box that we're— Well, that's purposeful. Hmm. Attract councillors who uh, don't uh, particularly want to come to the position in a full-time capacity and serve even though the job requires full-time there's right. no question about it i mean why in hamilton gym everywhere around the horseshoe from here to oshawa they're full-time counselors mm-hmm. so hamilton halton peel york durham toronto uh and you got to ask yourself so why are they keeping the region uh, part-time well there's probably two reasons number one we have way too many counselors i mean at the region we have those 12 mayors 
who are there. And they've always made the point of taking the mayors off council, and they're already duly elected double rural councilors. But they're not duly elected. Nobody's voting for them. You're voting for a mayor. You're voting for a mayor, and then you end up with supposedly somebody who's going to represent the interests of the region. The fact is every mayor up there, not one of them except— they're not shy about saying, I'm here for my own backyard. I'm here for my city. Yeah, Joyner said it publicly. I remember— Barry Sharp came out and said it. Redicop said it. They're, they all know it. They're mm-hmm. there. They're there getting the exact same pay as a regional councillor like myself. There's 18 of us. Um, they have no, uh, no obligation to sit on any more committees than one standing committee. So some of us, like me last term, sat on 12, 13, 14 committees. Exact same pay. Mm. Now, right off the bat, how's well, that fair? Well, you don't fair? get a, steep, a stipend or a, an adjustment in your, for sitting on committees? No. Uh, you have mayors? to sit on mayors. Have to no the obligation of a regional councillor, which the mayors effectively call themselves at the region, is that they sit on one standing committee, okay. and same for the regional councillors. So right. some of these folks and some of the regional councillors park themselves on one committee, knowing, I guess, that you know why sit on more committees. So why is a guy like you who you know struggles financially as being you know independently employed? Um, well, you struggle if you make the fo- if you make the focus the region. So you, it's no, hard to juggle two things. How would you carry first of all? Why twelve committees though? Why why, you why could, wouldn't you be out on the road banging business instead of sitting in committees? Hundred percent. You no, have wh- you have to do that. Well, no, what, no, no. If you if you make a decision to attend twelve committees, you better be self employed and better be prepared to see your T four slip drop by eighty percent. But why? Just to be connected, just to find out what's going on. Like, no, what's no, I'm the saying, incentive for you to there's sit nothing. on all these committees? No, nothing. So no, the, why do you do it then? I did it last term. Okay. I really pared down this term. <laughs> <laughs> you have to. No, but 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 the reality is, ask why would you need to sit on the committees? Because if you don't sit on the committees, where all the deeds are done, and the sins are committed, and the sins are exposed, by the time it gets to council, Jim, nobody's paying attention. Right. Council is is basically ratifying. The They're barely reading the committee reports that come in their set in their package. Four committee reports of all the four sorry four uh, standing committees of minutes of that previous week or previous two weeks reports ratified and just at the last council I attended we have public works come up nobody stands up on anything and yet the what is the assumption that. Jim Fannins of the world and the lovely people in Niagara are all tuned in to the committee meetings online? Hardly. They, I, they can probably not stay awake watching council. So by the time it gets to council, you have this conglomeration of reports from each standing committee with the hope that when the guy stands up or the lady stands up and reads the synopsis of the minutes, you know, they always do that for about two seconds. Mm-hmm. And we have a call from the chair all in favor of the minutes. Unless there's something really contentious and they're trying to jam through a $10 million track and field stadium, hmm. people ratify it. I, um, because of my um, council ban from committees right now, uh, pending this uh, sensitivity training or I guess this uh, brain washing indoctrination without definition around it, we can talk about well, that. Well, they want to adjust your unconscious biases. <laughs> So even if you don't know you're a racist, homophobic bigot, bigot yeah. they will get to you and make sure that they indoctrinate you into their 
way of thinking in your in their Yeah, beliefs. but their way of thinking is Kathleen Wynne's way of thinking and Justin Trudeau's way of thinking. This is all parochial and it's all nonsense. It's As long as I talk like Kathleen Wynne and I talk like Justin Trudeau, it's fine, and I can be called inclusive. But if I decide to take another streak and go the conservative route and, and hold to other uh, – hold – as per my democratic rights to other values, then I'm not inclusive, and I'm a bigot, and I'm a homophobe, and I'm a racist, and, and I'm a xenophobe, Let's get and every, that. you know, come on, this identity politics, uh, politics thing is yeah. just getting so nonsensical. And the fact oh. that it's even at the region, the, the bottom line is the taxpayer is getting ripped off. They're getting ripped off. And I'm not talking about the, the expenses issue. That's another issue. They're getting ripped off even in their understanding of that. But they're getting ripped off because... We're we're slicing and dicing through these things, and there's just very limited political will, I believe, to really bite into the teeth of the business of the region. And Amen. going right back to that pay thing, without counselors buried at the committee level and getting trying to get things done and having a concern, and as Peter Cormos, my uh, seatmate last term, used to say, you might not always been win, but shining the light on these things. Mm. Who's shining the light on these, Jim? Like honestly, who's shining the light on? Not too many guys. And, and when they and I when we do that. and when we do, thank you for the opportunity here. We don't have a, a responsible media, except I've been calling them out. I call out mm. CKTB, I call out the standard, I call them fake news only because that's a convenient term. But it's not even fake. It's dishonest news. It's dishonest because they're or not it's even selective at the very least. No, it's dishonest because they knowingly are avoiding reporting in a in a in a in somewhat of a thorough and consistent fashion on the media issues of the region. I call it dishonest. I mean, when you hear these radio announcers or you read the, the garbage in the in the birdcage uh, liner, uh, otherwise known as uh, the fish wrapper or uh, the uh, the standard, when you're reading this stuff and and and. And, you know, for the first time, I guess, maybe because they're feeling a tinge of guilt, we saw a story on public works and the shortfall. Mm -hmm. But everything they write is, has an agenda. Don't, it's nothing to do with news. Their agenda is to make certain people and certain we'll sell papers. situations look bad, mm -hmm. end of the day. I mean, that's the MO for Some they don't have to stretch that far, but then they just tweak it a little bit, and it makes a huge difference. But let's get back to this huge waste of time. First, we had this, this governance talk, which right. to me— and you mean the double direct, yes, right. um, which became know, parochial because at the end of the right. day, the vote was shaped around those councillors on our on our regional council who voted against it. Jim didn't want to lose their job, mm -hmm. and uh, knowing probably that, and that would be coming more from the newer ones because the newer you are, as I was a first term, I still had to spend twenty twenty five thousand the second term just mm -hmm. to reacquaint the electorate. You broke even with your pay, first year, first yeah, year, good yeah. good return, huh? Yeah. yeah, run the same campaign as a mayor does. Mayor pretty well gets all his or her financing covered by fundraising, right? Mm -hmm. You know, let's face it, because it's a more higher higher profile. Uh, higher profile campaign, and they're making you know Walter's making some hundred hundred twenty as a mayor, uh, plus his region pay, and then you ask the regional councillors to run in that citywide kind of campaign to get any kind of public exposure. You got to spend. You can't win unless you spend money. I, I've had people tell me, oh, I want to run, I want to run. You, you, you're, the, the one exception that I'm not even going to give that person credit for is when the paper can do some gratuitous coverage of some counselors mm -hmm. because they have maybe some special relationships with 
uh, people there or their friends have special relationships, yeah. and then maybe you get on. But uh, So all the while we're talking about governance, which my take was, and again, I don't want to pat myself on the back too much, but I was on 12, you were for it I was on 12 agendas to speak against uh, the dual direct. Okay. Because you finally turned against see, it, right? Yeah, I didn't want to see the centralization of power. I didn't want to see the reduction of accessibility. I didn't believe in the communication strategy that it was going to be more uh, – we're going to communicate better with the multiple levels of government. I mean, we don't have very many uh, regions where there's two-tier governments in Ontario. I think there's only three, is there? Well, like St. Catharines and a couple others. Well, Anyways, I, I put myself on 12 agendas as soon as it came. As soon as the region rubber stamped it, okay, so – it comes from St. Catharines. They get the green light. It goes to the region. They rubber stamp it. They give the green light back to St. Catharines. Well, where does it go first? First, it goes to St. Catharines. So that's where I spoke first. Right. And I wasn't alone. There was other people there for and against it. I think there was 12 presenters. No, where would you speak? At the at the open-air uh, gymnasium meeting in no, the PAC? No, it was or? in council, yeah, in yeah. council chambers in St. Catharines. Of which well, because they were forced to do that. Remember? Oh, were they? They started off with that pack night. Did you? Were you oh, at the pack no. night? Oh, I, yeah. We, let's, let's just have a fireside coffee chat, and I don't know who, <laughs> who the favorite moderator. George Dort. Who they, the favorite you know, paid moderator was or wasn't, not. He wasn't down with that, uh, so how they tried to appease him there. Um, but we kept throwing it back at council. It wasn't done right. It wasn't done right. It wasn't and so done then right. it comes back to St. Catharines right. for the first of 12 for the double majority right. or the triple majority. right? For the actual Which, vote night, you mean? Yeah, like right. things like no smoking in a public park passes the triple majority with no problems. Right. Okay. Something like double direct, I was hell-bent that it was not going to pass, and I would speak at every council and give them the same speech. And so we killed it in St. Catharines. By the way, Canada dry. By the way, just for, <laughs> just for your radio. You're, and you're not a drinker just, anyways, just, are you? No, 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 no. I've enjoyed uh, being uh, – well, I can't I, – I, if I say that to the wine community, I've enjoyed being uh, – not having to have a sip of alcohol in the last almost three months. Yeah, just but, but can, are you a kind of guy that could ever blame anything that you've done that's been out of the ordinary on, oh, on no, booze? No, I just no. think it's more healthy yeah, and it's, no, and it's sure. more it's more in line with too. my faith uh, kind yeah, of commitment. Yeah, alcohol is evil. <laughs> uh, anyway, so getting back to the DDD, so or the the DD double director, or the yeah. governance. So this governance thing has been ma manifesting since you're right, since the St. Catharines Chamber of Commerce Correct. changed its name to the Greater Niagara Chamber of Commerce when it's really not greater anything. In fact, I think Thorold pulled out. Did they did not pull out? Anything. Who knows? The membership they, fee might be greater. Yeah, they might. Have and, taken, their, and their and their payroll is greater. If they had taken Niagara Falls and Welland with them, at least the two biggest city, the two other biggest cities other than St. Right. Catharines, and I would have, you know, given them a partial pass. Um, but then it really put Mayor Senzik in a in a predicament because when it came back to St. Catharines and he lost that, now he's a lame duck mayor. Like he doesn't have a council that will support him on just, the, just about anything now because the, in my mind the lines have been drawn right. So anytime those lines are really going to line up the same way, and we can we can talk about you know the liberals versus the conservatives, and we all know that and the NDP know, the last few terms and the NDP, but the NDP's never had power uh, from the chair's office. Right, and has never had a majority of people at council either. So right. usually, usually the NDP's the spoiler, right, and you get the conservatives and liberals going at it. The point I'm making to come all the way back to this again is how much time did we spend on reports and debating a thing that I predicted in the very beginning would never pass the triple majority. And I, I was, like I said, I put myself on 12 agendas to make sure it didn't happen and then had to remove myself from 12 agendas or 11 more agendas after it died in St. Catharines. 
brings me to the integrity commissioner, the but, whole code of conduct. Uh, but backing uh, up, argument. Jim, it's important. Like I think that that whole double direct, uh, the mayor was in a box. Not to, if he hadn't done it, then his chamber people would be saying, you know, you kind of ran somewhat on chamber. I don't know. No. I think that's legacy. I think that's no, all I know. ego. He's I like, know. I'm going to change the system, and if I never do another term after this, I can point. to— My point is, though, I don't think it was important what the outcome was going to be. Just get it on the floor. Mm. So, and I mean, I don't recall last term. Oh, I think the outcome was. I think he was married to the outcome because he was he was not happy when that thing didn't go down. Yeah, and. You could hear it in his voice in his media interviews afterwards. Is governance dead? Is the governance issue dead at St. Catharines in the region? Yeah, I can say that that won't come back again this term. And I'm glad because I don't want to see the centralization of power. Well, it's, you're just one voice, though. Mm -hmm. And that's why last term I tried to have a referendum with about seven, eight questions on. Mm -hmm. And first pass the council, of course, because all the enemies of Petrowski won't, won't want any. So is that just it? Like, how does something oh, no, as simple as taking the pulse of the community in a non-binding plebiscite or referendum, right. how does anyone say, you know, I don't really think I want to know what my constituents think. I don't know what, what the population of each ward or each town or each city I don't care what they think. Like, how could we, anyone be we against had, referendum? We had seasoned councillors from outside of St. Catharines. I'm not going to name them. Work on multi-term counselors one person she said basically i'm not sure that the constituents would understand these questions oh, yeah. they're ignorant yeah like nothing like that's the Hel hillary clinton deplorables mm. you're a deplorable that's hey so all i was saying let's so i had seven questions or eight questions it got weaned down to two and then the two got stripped off and it didn't get stripped off they made sense they were about term limits Mm -hmm. Dual direct, um, transit, all sorts of you know pretty. Sound like a candidate for the none of the above party now. <laughs> <laughs> but there, were, but Jim, just get the just you said the pulse. Get people Referenda, to respond. Hey, you know what? I think the, I, I think actually that would be a media draw to go out and vote. You're saying, hey, you might not know whether Petrovsky's running again, whether you want to vote for him or not. You don't really. You're not probably too too. Uh, engage in what the region's doing on and off every day other than the the stupidity reported by the local media but you have a chance now to vote on things like do you think your counselors should be there 85 terms like some of them mm. have seemed to have been 40 years and one of them was the double direct mm. and and maybe they not necessarily understood all the things like you talk about centralization jim but why not at least have it there and it's not binding Get mm -hmm. the answers. You know why? Sure. Well, two things. Because it was Andy Petrowski's motion, and we don't want him to get, like, real headlines of how he's trying to actually seek or out what they the don't even want to appear to be supporting one of your ideas. 100%. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is, maybe and, and equally and maybe worse, we don't want to know what the people have to say. And mm -hmm. at the end of the day, they don't. we gone up there. I mean, I'll maintain this, Jim. Before 2010, and Doug Harrods called this in his uh, editorials, uh, on and off, and I'll give him a plug here. The region, the great unwashed. It was the biggest little secret for 40 years up there. Nobody knew what the region was doing. Mm. And they didn't know because nobody was reporting on it. And they probably and no didn't know. no one's really paying attention because if you back in those days, if you want to pay attention, you had to go to the meetings. Now at least you can stream it online, which I've been... And you didn't have an Andy Petrowski standing up and and questioning and challenging 
staff because what you've got up there is the Mutual Admiration Society. Mm -hmm. uh, Formerly some, known as. <laughs> let me just say right? here. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and you've got the Mutual Admiration Society of counselors and staff all working together and saying, hey, you know what, staff come up with the ideas. Council, especially 12, 12 mayors are there, I still maintain, for their city. And they're rightfully, I guess so. That's why I think they're in a conflict. And the other 18, I guess, are 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 less inclined to believe that their job is to challenge staff. And we're a board. Our job is actually, that is our job, mm -hmm. to hold staff accountable. So that's not been the MO of, of, of councillors, Jim, for well, 40 no, years. It seems like a lot in many of these communities that we seem to suffer from a, a tail wagging the dog syndrome where staff 100%. makes the rules and, and council don't rubber stamps and, it and when the Andy steps out, And or, when I step out and I question something, so, oh, this legal expenses issue, you know, oh, wow, let's get right into the pennies and everything else. And then on anything else, 5, 10, 20,000, a million, you're micromanaging, Andy. Don't micromanage staff. We're within budget. Oh, well, you find out budget is $30 million, the contingency is another five, mm. and we have councillors standing up and saying we're still within budget. Now, who would run their household budget like that? If you're budgeting to put an addition on the house, you're budgeting for furniture, for carpet, whatever, you're budgeting a price you can afford. Mm. Maybe the contingency is money you have set aside in a second rainy day account that if something goes, goes terribly wrong, wrong – but at the region, <laughs> something goes wrong enormous. all the time, right. so all the time. So while we waste time on things like governance and double direct, and then we'll, we'll get around to the integrity commissioner and code of conduct, yeah. how many – I wish I could track how many minutes and hours, hours and days and weeks we've been jerking around with this. And you know what? I, I'm all for good behavior. Uh, I'm also all for – Depends how you define good. Yeah. And I'm also for I'm for I'm for right behavior. Jim. Well, I mean, if you can live with yourself and it's within the, the boundaries of the law, then I think you should be OK. Amen. And, and self-expression is important to me. Freedom and debate. of speech and yeah, healthy, wholesome, maybe not so wholesome, but a healthy debate where two sides of both issues. Listen, if we stop talking. And I'm talking more of the liberals right. and the conservatives, because right. really right now with the election of Donald Trump in the states, we've really seen this 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 parting of the of the seas, you know, for a bad analogy using the Bible, but having the left and the right on both sides. And we forget that if the bell curve goes like this in the middle, most of the liberals and conservatives overlap on a lot of their issues. Right. It's on the extreme, the which you might put a Petrosky and a fan and out on the ends here. Amen. Well, I don't put myself on the extreme, right. but someone, some people might. On the extreme, you get the, ideal, the ideological beliefs and the behaviors of the, extre the extremities that really scare you. And those are the ones that we're going, whoa, we Amen. have to pay attention. We have to pay attention to these extremes out here because most of the people in the middle overlap and they're not the radicals. The radicals are on the end. Yeah, I, and I like to say instead of they're in the tank. They're in the tank. The liberals and conservatives, those ones in the mushy middle, they're all in the tank. Don't rock the boat. Mm. The people won't know what they don't know. The people don't need to know what they don't need to know. It's all in the tank. And then you get a populist candidate like Donald Trump, like Rob Ford, like Andy Petrosky. Yeah, have conservative values and everything. Run first campaign on a populist issue, the water bill. And I believe delivered very successfully over the last four years and so far, although that boat seems to be teetering but people don't like your co colleagues in politics these staid conservatives even the party you know 
small C, big C, and I don't call myself necessarily, I'll take on and disagree with things Harper has done and Hudek have done any day of the week, any day of the week. I mean, Wynn is atrocious in my mind, and Trudeau is equally so, but I, I don't mind challenging the, 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 the strict party lines, but we've got these all these people who call themselves kind of something because they actually think and they, they get some votes from the from the population who attach themselves to those parties and go, is Councillor so-and-so really there that, oh, yeah, I can vote for that, I can vote for that. But when you get a populist candidate like myself that comes out, that doesn't really, at the end of the day, always share everything with any of those parties and just says, hey, running for the people and what do the people expect? I think I've accomplished, like, legions, legions of, 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 of coverage by the very fact that like I said, Doug Hare, great unwashed. Nobody knew what was going on. Now all of a sudden you have a couple, a counselor or a couple of counselors. Bob Gale is not afraid to stand up. Um, counselor Barrick's not afraid to stand up. You got a couple of counselors. Counselor May sometimes when he speaks, very, very uh, uh, um, uh, bright and very challenging. And he knows the process inside now. Oh, for He's sure. He's always the first guy to raise a point of order. Or and he knows the games because he, he came from the he, he came from the top game. I've line never seen the Park. chair question Maeve's uh, point of order ever. Right. <laughs> He's really well schooled in that department, but but so I want to so wrap it up. He says you got all these people kind of in the mushy middle, and then and then you have a couple of people who want to stand up and actually do what I believe we were elected to do, and that is provide oversight of staff and 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 hold staff accountable. But then, like I said, then you get all the veterans and all the, you know the the those that that middle of the tank hacks who go, oh, you know what, that guy's ruining our show. Yeah, he's actually exposing things. Oh, he might be making us look bad because not making us look bad by questioning staff because they're not. Mm. They just want to stick up their hand. All in favor? All in favor? Look not at, opposed? Look at the vote on Carried. the – Jim, look at the vote on the track and field stadium. Like, mm. come on. Nobody knew or expected or nobody I've talked to, and I'm not talking about this 10 or 20 sports fans in Niagara, and that mm. doesn't mean we only have 10 or 20, the ones who appreciate this – and three or four hoteliers, Jim, who are going to benefit for the three weeks it's here, and a couple of restaurants. But really, we're going to end up with a track and field stadium. What are we going to do with that? Hmm. People it's not sending even a multi-use facility. No, it's an outdoor and it's a part-time, and all we're going to do with it is get the bills to keep it open and keep it maintained. Hmm. And did anybody in the region ever expect their regional councillor? to be supporting spending $10 million on a track and field stadium for these Canada games. And I'm not saying, hey, it's not, I'm not saying it's not a bad thing, that it's a bad thing. I'm not saying the can winning the Canada games is a bad thing, but is it, is it our priority? Is $10 million mm. our priority when we got what? 10,000 people, Jim, on the housing list, which brings me back to the whole waste of time. Here we go again with governance issues, with code of conduct reviews, with Mascara and the integrity, how many integrity commissioners, the integrity commissioners in, then they're out, then they're back. And, oh, my, uh, well, who's the guy that uh, did your first interview when Preston came along with you? What was his, the first integrity oh, commissioner? Oh, Swayze. What a joke. Okay, so, and now while we're here. And, so, and then, and then followed by, we've by the way. we've got an opioid follow- crisis that's, yeah. that's ravishing Exploding. our youth. Exploding. And, it, and we're not the only community in Canada or North America that's feeling that pinch. Um, uh, we've got uh, a homeless, jobless,ness situation, jobless taxes, homeless. homelessness, uh, affordable housing. We've got all these things that n- 
seniors the, being pinched every day, every day. The price of hydro, not that we can do anything about that at the region or the city. I mean, there's got, maybe we could uh, in retrofit. But we can or, control fees and taxes. Correct. Or, or maybe at least if we're going to take money out of their pocket, like make sure the roads and the sidewalks and the bridges and, and, and I guess, that you know, obviously the infrastructure is all safe and working. Well, mm-hmm. then how do you make these other decisions? And right. I'll tell you, well, Jim, you don't because they don't come to council, and that's the problem. We have people like Jennifer Johnson that just spoke uh, to committee this week. You know, lost her son in a heroin overdose, laced with, uh, you know, he 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 was a, a talented chef. Right. He liked to party. His choice of drugs was something he was trying to get off heroin. Right. He went to the doctor. The doctor gave him Percocets. You know, this is in Toronto or wherever. I'm not sure. But Jennifer Johnson, who just lost her 25 year old son, uh, John, Jonathan has to come before council and beg and plead in tears for them to please do something about this crisis. So then they they pass a a motion, thank God, something's, you know, they're going to look into it or they're going to look at best practices out west and uh, a staff, another staff report, right? Or a guy like me that's got to go defend democracy uh, to kill a double direct. Meanwhile, all these issues that they could be tackling and should be tackling aren't getting any press or any attention and it just seems like the motivation of council is so self-serving. And, and, so, and you know, I'm glad you used the word self-serving. It's so self-serving that as long as we can feed this fake news, dishonest news, local, what do you, let's call it pop culture news. Cause mm-hmm. not, and not even news. It's opinion makers. These guys are opinion makers. They're not reporting. I mean, you look at the story and, and you might get two or three facts in it. Then you get 85% of. Of a, of a so-called journalists and it's journalism rep, uh, opinion. The whole purpose of this is distraction. It's it, and it's not the distraction. Petrosky caused the distraction by way of what he did. Because my complaints come back like they date back, Jim, to like a year before they even hit a code of conduct. No, it's give the opportunity for feed stuff to the standard through these personal attack things like the code of conduct, so that the standard can put my a uh, lovely picture up on the front page for three days in a row. And meanwhile, like in the bottom right-hand corner of page 24, oh, by the way, council just spent $10 million on a track and field stadium. Or, oh, by the way, the Niagara-on-the-Lake sewage treatment plant is late again and over budget millions. Oh, or, 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 or by the way, how about this one? Uh, the Burgoyne Bridge, and I don't even think it's still public, so here's an, a news breaker, which I've talked to you about already, but it hasn't come public, but it's not in camera the bridge is another nine to ten million dollars more expensive if we end up paying the current change orders so the contractor has almost finished the project has submitted a bill jim for another near 10 million taking it up over 100 100. 102 now by the way that's all available information those change orders are public right that's public information where is the conversation on that no 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 and then ask yourself this, why doesn't the media want to cover it? Because they're in the tank with the staff and with the counselors. It's all one happy family, and Trump's fighting this too because he's not really a Republican. He's himself against Republicans, against against, against Democrats, against the, the establishment media, except, I guess, Fox here and there. At the end of the day, there's no incentive even for this in-the-tank media to go after the real business of the region that affects the pocketbooks of taxpayers. Hang on. And here's here's here. I'll, I'll submit this to you, Jim, because the radio and the print 
are both receiving, I would suggest to you, decent sums of money from the region in advertising. So why are you going to bite the hand that feeds you? I don't know what the the region pays the standard, but I'd be, sh- I'd be surprised if it was shy of $100,000. Well, $100,000 at the standard, Jim? Two reporters. Two reporters. And you know what? The radio's doing pretty good. And the radio's never going to say, we don't want that. But at the same time, listen to the tone of the questions when they bring people on. When, even when they bring on Chair Caslin and, and, and try to talk, and he would like to talk about issues, they go after him on the people stuff. Like, why not talk to, why not talk to the chair about, chair, what's going on with Burgoyne Bridge? What's going, why is the sewage treatment plant in Niagara Lake have leaking concrete tanks that were just poured a year ago, and this place is supposed to last 50 years, and the tank So, Sorry about that, brother. Got a phone call and it disrupted everything. So, so we have a, a public works commissioner who's asking now, apparently, and uh, thankfully the media, like I said, got this twang of guilt to publish something that really means something to our taxpayers. And he's asking now for what a hundred plus million dollars a year for for public works infrastructure. And that may or may not be something we need, but I certainly don't believe in jacking up the rates today so that uh, uh, to seniors who are having trouble paying their bills, some of them, and the skyrocketing hydro, skyrocketing food prices, skyrocketing everything, and obviously medical costs and everything else. So we're asking, you know, he's come forward and saying, I need more money, but at the same time, who's holding public works accountable for all these projects going off the rails? So the people are entitled to know, at least know, how their money's being spent, or, or I would say misspent. If you're buying concrete tanks for a sewage treatment plant, aren't you entitled to have them at least leak-free for a couple of years, Jim? Mm. They're leaking. And I said, and, and that's just one example. And then we got Burgoyne Bridge, another $9 million over budget. No, not over budget, sorry. Uh, higher on the price tag according to the contractor if they get paid. And typically when that comes, and which is another charade, when that whole news comes, you get the news story and then you get the comments, well, it hasn't been paid and it's illegal and everything else. And the, that one-time exposure, no follow-up, like every month. So did you pay it? Did you pay it? Did you pay it? And that's why we have such a dishonest media. And they know they are. And like I said, it doesn't serve them. You know what? It serves them to be nice, nice. Everyone wants to be nice. Well, nice. I think you've certainly got a point there. It's easier to go after a, you know, a radical like a, you know Andy Petrowski, yeah. and, and and just harp on his whatever his, I mean, his personal Twitter account. Yeah, or <laughs> or what have you, uh, than it is to go after the business of the region with the idea or staff or whatever. And I think it's interesting that take, and you know, it's a, not the first time I considered it, but you know. Um, this is significant ad revenue coming from the region on this. And if the region was to say, okay, we're not buying advertising from you guys, what do they they advertise? Oh, those notices in the paper, public meetings and stuff Banner ads for waste management, how to blue box properly, how to gray box properly, Mm -hmm. whatever. But you know what? (laughs) I'm not convinced. I'm not not convinced that the people at the region – in staff who monitor those dollars don't know they get something back in return for that, which I say is a collective silence, quite frankly, on 
the meaty real issue. So, oh, no, we're not going there. We won't go there. We're, or, but you know, hang on. We'll do the one story. We're not going to do any follow-up on it, though. Mm. I mean, these are the stories that should be in the paper every day. Honestly, and they should right be. Right down the... to the Burgoyne Bridge. There's, I mean, that report is public now, not through choice of the, right. the, the Niagara region, but it got leaked, and right. I helped leak it. And when I got my hands on it, I leaked it out. And, uh, you know, there's still there's still people employed by the region that are named in that report doing some pretty and practices uh, that were named in that things, yeah. that we were still doing i think up to the time that you even went public with your information jim you know like this idea but it didn't even get explained properly you imagine that that a staff member took a piece of road basically one kilometer long and chopped it up into 10 100 meter projects so that it fell within his pay threshold. We're talking about legal expenses and counselors. Here we're talking millions of dollars of public works projects being manipulated so that a specific staff member had the ability to award all that work without any accountability to his supervisors or his superiors. And then you have to ask yourself, Jim, was the taxpayer getting value for those awards when, lo and behold, surprise, surprise, all 10 of those mini projects making up that one kilometer gym got awarded the same contractor? Of course they did because it was, it was a one kilometer job. Right. Yeah, but this is, it, no, it's rigged. And, you know, and the, but, but I want to say this, though. I do, I do believe, so this is all historical. Okay, this is historical. We do have a new CAO up there. Okay, We have Mr. Carmen D'Angelo. And I have to say, first of all, he has to have an opportunity to be obviously uh, held to account for the rights and the wrongs of the region, what's happening. But I do have to say that I have, from that staff perspective and from that senior leadership, a glimmer of hope that the um, legacy that has so ingrained the region because it is so and these are not the frontline people; are all hardline, hard workers, and maybe the next level of management. But beyond that, you know, senior managers to to the top, Jim, you know, Carmen D'Angelo has to really look into those organizations and and shake up the culture there and say, "We're it's not business as usual anymore. We can't we can't do mm-hmm. this." And and I hope that appears. And it should appear, and it's difficult to do because you're dealing with commissioners who control their respective department budgets who will always say, yes, I need what I got last year. And you got to say, why? Well, we don't have zero-based budgeting. Mm-hmm. If we had zero-based budgeting, you, you know, and Selena Valpati tried to bring it through, and I was working with her with Everyone that. Everyone trots that out at election time. We're going to zero-based budgets. But but hang and then, on. And but, then when but, they get elected, there's no zero-based budget. No, it's because because the majority of council votes against it because they don't want it, because they know we're putting management accountable for defending the very first tax dollar right up to the mm. last one every year. And, they, and they're going to say, it's too much time, it's too much time. Is it really? It's Staff not, resources? Jim. What are they doing? Hang on. It's not too much time. Corporations do it every year. No corporation just says, oh, we got $100 million this year to build a couple of computer boards that do this game and this game. Give it to us again. The CIO is going to say, oh, you're still working on the same game? What's the region? The answer is, well, do I have to tell you? So, so uh, I believe I'm going to give Carmen a, a, a plug because I've seen what he is – what the kinds of things he's instituting with operational controls and everything else. And like – 
he's still a one-man show. Like he's at the top, and he's when you've got your generals underneath you, Jim, who have been there in in the bureaucracy, whether it's at the region or somewhere else, for decades. There's a huge political and and let's face it, the best politicians are not the ones who sit around the horseshoe council. They're the senior managers. You didn't get to the top unless you're a great politician, and they all know that. They all know that, but he's got to work with these people and really try to uncover what what is really going on. I think I think zero based budgeting, and if he if he instituted that, say you know what we're going to do that. We we even tried to bring it in on a department basis this year. Public works next year, planning next year, health and things like that. Come on, that's not too difficult, is it? Mm-hmm. So over four years, you'd cover all four major departments. Be fantastic. Every four years, you got to do one time. You got to do zero based budgeting, and just and so the public understands what that is. It's a, you don't just get what you got last year and ask for two percent more. You actually get nothing, and you have to ask for every dollar from the first dollar and justify where got it's it. going. Got do you it. agree? No, I do, and I think it's a great idea. And I don't understand the argument that it's too labor intensive. I mean, that's what staff is there for. But uh, just getting back to the media's responsibility, I'm really frustrated in this town. You know, six ten's gone to. No local on Tommy's show, the one, you know, I used to call in on and was most engaged in. Like, I don't listen to these programs just because. I listen to them because I'm engaged and I'm interested. And, right. And very often back in the old days, it was conservative, many conservative callers that I would have to call and defend the liberal point of view to, not the liberal, but the green or the lefty right. or whatever. And, uh, you know, I'm still the same guy. I'm still a feminist. I'm still a, le- a left-leaning social conservative or right. whatever you call I don't, I'm not sure where you know, uh, but totally frustrated by what the left is doing right now, but and frustrated by the media. And I tweeted out last week. I know you don't see many of my tweets, but uh, you got so many followers and whatnot. But I tweeted out last week. If I emailed out a naked picture of myself sitting on a stool with my legs open with a blank look on my face, there's not one media outlet. And not one elected politician in this town that would call that pornographic. <laughs> it's true. And I fell for it, too, because I'm having a little fun at Andy's expense. Hey, if you pick your nose on the camera at regional politics, chances are a guy like Jimmy Fannin's going to tweet it out and say, um, I thought it was a rule about eating at your desk. That's funny. It's probably not so kind to the guy that's picking his nose. I get that. I should probably... You know, not try to be so funny and be more sensitive to my fellow human being. I think, you know, you, you talk about your faith and whatnot. That's that's not being kind. Right. Well, don't pick your nose on camera then. Right. <laughs> but the media is a t- totally different story. So, again, um, if a guy like you and uh, I support same-sex marriage, right. I'm also a Christian. That's my belief and that's my right. choice to support. Hey, you can't, dolphins are gay in the wild. You, you can't pick who you love. I happen to be heterosexual. I've got some gay friends. They're great. Um, I I have no problem. I'm still a little uncomfortable when I see two men making out at a parade or a park. You know why? Not because it's two men so much. It's because no one makes out like that in public. Unless you're a kid and you're drunk at a bar and you're trying to pick up a girl or something. Then I can see you making out. Otherwise, do that at home. It's not that you're gay. It makes me feel uncomfortable because people don't do that. So in a case like you, now I support same-sex marriage. That's that's great. I understand that you don't. I, I You're entitled to your opinion. Now you come out and say, I am not in favor of same-sex marriage because I'm, I'm a Christian and I follow Jesus and it says in the Bible and blah, 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 and that's your interpretation or right. what have you, or maybe it's not even interpretation. It says in the Bible, if you want to take it literally, then then great. 
that doesn't automatically make you a hate-filled homophobe. Thank you. If you are not in favor of liberal immigration, it doesn't make you a racist. Correct. It means that you're a conservative and you like your borders. You like your boxes. You think inside the box. Your, your personality type isn't all that creative. It, you're probably very lawful and dutiful and an industrious. That goes with that whole uh, conscientious, that conscientious uh, personality trait of the big five that I've learned quite a, a, a lot about over the last little while. And the liberals are artistic. They think outside the box. They like free borders. They don't like boxes. They don't like rules and laws. And the, the right tend to think— But they like voters. Yeah, yeah. the, the right <laughs> tend to, tends to think the giants of the past were our heroes, right? right? The, the Johnny right, McDonald's right. or what have right, you. Right, right, right. And then the left points to the corruption of the, all those heroes. Now, right. both are actually right. They were heroes, right. and they were corrupt. So Amen. there's no absolute right and wrong on these right. things. So I'm starting to blather a little bit, but I was going back to the, the, the responsibility of the media in, in particular where as soon as that email, and I don't know how you described what that happened or whether, whether that was somebody that was intentionally trying to, like, I mean, you just don't by accident put a picture like that in an email. Like that takes some effort, and 100%. so I, I and you haven't been, in my opinion, straight with me as to what happened because I think you're probably protecting whatever happened, and that's fine. That you, well, I think you. I've been public that I haven't been public about who sent the email. Right, um, but that doesn't happen by accident. But I agree, and that's and that's shameful, why, and, that's, and, and that's, you're but, embarrassed by but that. Jim, that's, and if you could, if but you I, could stop, but that I took from, responsibility for yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent, and and I apologize so, for it. Yeah, and, and I'm not saying that, uh, that that's cool or anything like that, but for the media, and I fell for it, and I tweeted out, having fun at your expense, and I don't right. know if I told you this before, but I, I tweeted out something like, well, you know what? From now on, I'm going to sign all my emails and tweets with a pornographic image. I fell for it, too, because the media, boom. Now, I look, now, then I start struggling. I'm, wait, wait a second. I, I hate to say this, and uh, I've said it publicly to my friends before. I've got a pretty decent relationship with porn. I, I know what porn is. Right. And porn is designed to sexually arouse you. Right. That image had nothing sexually arousing about it. Right. So, but the first thing, and that I get, it really goes back to the responsibility but of the still, media. But, but In a it, small town like this, they get to run rampant a little bit. And I think you've been successful kind of curtailing some of this nasty behavior as it comes after you. Like there's really been a kind of a witch hunt to – you know, get Andy on whatever he does with certain reporters, and we know who they are. Uh, but well, to immediately a, uh, say that a, that was a pornographic image when, in fact, it was a nude, okay? It was a nude no more offensive than any other nude in art or album cover or any lyric in a, in a record. And, 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 and the but same it's, goes but, to But the, it's not appropriate but for— But then all of a sudden, anywhere you go— if you bring up Andy Petrowski's name, oh, he's a hate-filled homophobe. Yeah. Hate-filled homophobe in tweets. And you know what? You say that enough times, and people that don't know, they just thought, oh, that's that uh, racially, sexually intolerant guy. Right. No. Well, that's, that's a guy that has but, some belief that, you but, know. But that's their game. That's the game of press. So, you know, I mean, I think this all stems back to almost day one when I got elected and Grant LaFleche had to interview me on my election night. And I— uh, forced him to, uh, by way of him quoting me, to make sure he quoted that I gave God credit for winning that election. And here is Mr. Atheist, and he's 
public about it, right? We all know, right? He's public, Jim, right? Well, that he's an not atheist. only that, he'll say you're pretend little old man in the sky. Right. That's disrespectful to anyone that's got any faith. Yeah, at and he made all, fun about the Pope too. Or when, and he made fun about the Pope too, the guy with the white robe and the pointy little shoes. So uh, you know, it's a religious persecution thing. Grant is an atheist. Uh, he knows that uh, I follow the Christian faith. We call ourselves believers. Um, not unashamedly so, boldly, and uh, he has an issue with that. So I think this has been his lifelong, uh, at least through my political career, attempt to go after me on whatever he can, but below it all is he has this burning kind of hatred for what I stand for and the fact that I do um, hold my faith. I'm not, I mean, I'm a sinner. I'm not well, perfect. certainly not perfect, yeah. And, and, but, I but, think... but, I, but, but it's a religious persecution thing. And you know what? For him to get away, I guess it's okay. If he wants to get away with all of this, that's at the top. And he hides behind the curtain and says, well, I will hold these people accountable and everything else. But you know what? The fruits don't show that. The fruits don't show he's holding everybody accountable. Just this recent uh, issue with legal expenses where it came out Oh, I, he's hang, digging, they're digging, but they're hang on, going but, but investigative on, reporting I, into all the expenses there, to see where this shakes down because right. nobody knows what's going on at the region. But, Jim, there was nothing hidden about it. There were The pro, the, the policy said you, you, you have to have an invoice. I had three invoices. I submitted them openly and transparently. Everything lined up with the policy, and expenses get paid. But the same night where we debated that, it came out by way of questions asked by Councillor Barrick mostly that two of the other councillors who in the previous day the standards say were being covered by the insurance policy, Jim, and who apparently didn't so ask stopping out of the meeting. And they and they didn't ask for compensation. It came out by way of questions at council that the insurance policy is covering nothing. There's a million dollar deductible for both right. those councillors. So that the region's means on the hook for it all. Not the region. The taxpayer. taxpayer. The yeah. same people yeah. are paying my legal expenses. Mm -hmm. Nothing different. Nothing different. They're paying for those counselors up to a million dollars each. And where mine is contained, mine is done at the at, at the uh, level of the uh, in, invoice that I expense, their cash register is still ringing. And then the question came up, and how did it come that we're paying for this? Because the paper said that they didn't ask. And then Commissioner Burgess at the time had to respond, truthfully, thankfully, well, the Counselors had a meeting with our legal counsel. So they had a meeting about those expenses. So I guess we're we're supposed to believe that legal volunteered to say, hey, by the way, we'll take care of this, folks. Not to mention now that the lawsuit doesn't even name them as counselors because the guy who filed the lawsuit went back to the courthouse, amended his statement of claim, and now is saying, no, I'm suing these as private individuals. But the lawyer kind of you know, on a pinhead dance and said, no, we're still covering him. But did you see any correction from the standard the next day? No. The attacks keep coming on, you know, on Andy, on Andy. Fine, that's okay. I don't mind me being held accountable. Put the, put, the, put the facts on the table. One thing I won't do is engage Mr. LaFleche with an interview because of his inclination to kind of twist and turn things and I say. And for 25 years, I appreciate that. Uh, and thanks for, you know, speaking frankly. And, you know, some people might not like it. And I give a shit, really, to be honest with you. But um, I've been paying those guys for 25 years for open house ads. 40, 50, 60 bucks a week. Who? 
Standard. Right. And Niagara this week. Right. It goes in both papers, every open house. Right. Now, I haven't done a number of open house right. ads in the, over the last couple of years that I, I normally have done right. uh, for a number of reasons. They don't work. <laughs> they don't give me the type of business or exposure right. that I, I'm looking for. But when I was new in the business, sometimes they do four open houses a week. It's big money. 125 bucks a weekend. Right. For uh, color pictures right. or sometimes black and white pictures, depending right. on the year. Yeah. But I started 25 years ago paying wow. those guys a lot of money. Right. And for a number of reasons, the foremost one being just cover fairly what's going on in Niagara and stop sensationalizing things. Uh, I just refuse now. And now print is circling the drain. And, you know, most of my open houses now I post them on MLS. They go on MLS.ca. Right. And I don't really need the standard or Niagara this week anymore. But that's really – for a long time, guys like me and and a lot of them, we got a thousand realtors in Saint and Niagara, um, have been paying this paper to stay keep their doors open and uh, and what's it got us? So, you know, I, I'm well, really you frustrated. A, you got a, you have a, just a couple of people with one paper in town, and then and Niagara this week. And I will say Niagara this week uh, tries sometimes to uh, present the stories with a little bit more less opinion and more information even if it's just quotes from people so i'll give uh i'll give scott rose a plug that i believe he's um managing editor and reporter yeah and you know notwithstanding he has people underneath him who can inject their own political philosophy but you can't get away from it the standard is one political Mm -hmm. philosophy which is which is and you know what they hate this when i say it it's the old boys and girls club of Niagara, Jim, and it's the same old boys and girls club, maybe next generation, the status quo people. They don't want things to fundamentally change unless they change for them. And quite frankly, as long as everyone believes the status quo is working, but those people are getting benefits because they have figured out the system without being exposed uh, and you can read into that what that means in terms of government contracts, in terms of business, in terms of getting spinoffs from $10 million track and field stadiums. Everyone wants the status quo. They don't want to rock the boat, and they certainly don't want an Andy Petrosi to be standing at the front of the ship like George Washington crossing the Delaware going, hey, guys, we're landing, except the boat's kind of empty behind me, and we're landing, and we're going to take this on. I love when you use analogies like that. I especially love it when you compare yourself to Jesus on the cross. No, no never on the cross, but in in the, in the courtyard, in the courtyard, persecution. Well, People come on. People don't like it when you compare yourself to Jesus, man. No, no, Jim. No, in fairness, because I'm I'm in the faith community. I say I understand, and I'm doing. You know, I've been uh, doing a Bible study uh, religiously or faithfully since kind of uh, middle of the summer. And when you're reading, and we had a great uh, Bible series at Harvest Niagara, plug for them, on the book of Acts. When you're reading what happens in the biblical times, when people stand up for something, in this case their faith, and what the establishment mm-hmm. of the day doesn't want to hear because the establishment was fundamentally affected by the new story of Jesus because we, we, had, the, we had the old law. And Jesus came and in. They said, didn't accept him in and say, "Yeah, come on in." Even the Jews, uh, he was an outcast, even in his own community. Amen. The Jews persecuted him. And and you know what? If it meant that people had to give, have to give up power or be held accountable or maybe do things different, nobody wants to do that. And you know what? After we slice through everything we talked about so far, the bottom line is: Is Niagara getting better, or mm. is it 
getting worse. The Ronald Reagan question saying, are you better off today than you I think as you were? we twiddle our thumbs and navel gaze on uh, governance reform, on dual direct, on codes of conduct, on integrity commissioners, and all on the Andy Petroskis of council, whoever they might be, well, it only seems to be. And the NPCA stuff, because well, there's, Jim, in fairness, why is it just NPCA? Why aren't we looking at Niagara Parks? Why well, Bob Gale already upset the Niagara I know. Parks. Well, that I mean, was that, that was once though. But mm-hmm. why aren't we looking? I mean, and I'm not saying there's Contracts. anything at NPC at, at the Niagara NPCA. Parks. No, at Niagara Parks. But why is it NPCA? It's simple because there's more there there are a few more conservatives there today than there were yesterday. And I'm glad you said that because you know you, and that's you all it is. The status quo. The status quo used to be always liberal. You know, you had Gary Burrows as chair. You had Zimmerman as chair before that. You had uh, the relationship between you know Mayor McMullen. And, and, and regional council, and it was a left-wing controlled. And w- I can't even look south of the border. I cannot hate on Donald Trump one bit right now because I'm too busy hating on our own, <laughs> our own lack of democracy, lack of integrity at the region, especially the region, and at the, at, and the city of St. Catharines is, is no angel either. I can't seem to put my energy like i mean donald trump to me is a blowhard and he's right. a, a narcissistic psychopath as far as i'm concerned a, an intention attention seeker but i can't i can't do anything other than just go okay and you know what i find is fascinating by this whole thing but he did say with the people what enough people 64 million or 62 oh. million people who, and, and a lot of them hey, when you uh, say populist and, and a lot of them haven't voted for terms for years mm-hmm. he did strike chords with people on Drain the swamp, build the wall, right. those things, right? Mm-hmm. Lock her up. He's Come on. He's on that. Yeah. Come crooked, on. Crooked yeah, but you know who or... everybody hated that, including his own people. Mm-hmm. Look at this Obamacare thing. I mean, we don't want to go there, but he can't can't get the repeal done even with his own people because hacks, and they're hacks, like McCain in his own party, hated him so much for getting president. Nobody thought on November 8th they'd wake up. And find Donald Trump, uh, Donald Trump president. Nobody thought. I mean, the, the numbers didn't even cross until ten o'clock midnight, Jim. So I don't think even Donald Trump thought he was going to make it. Possibly. So the region today, you know, is kind of like I'll say this: people aren't getting their money's worth, Jim. So they're not getting. The they're not getting their money. now, though, Andy. Now that your guys are in power, Castlin's traditionally oh, we're not in power. well. Castlin's traditionally a conservative. He was appointed by the conser- I mean, it was a conservative, but he's maybe just, not a majority. It's a figurehead I mean, position. Yeah, a damn good one, too, yeah. a, a really good-paying one. And, you know, uh, Rick Dykstra was the kingmaker in a lot of these elections, both municipally and regionally. Well, I'm and not sure what su- that means, kingmaker. Well, su- well, he got everyone elected except Joe Cahill. Anyone that was on a Dykstra ticket was elected. Well, what do you mean a Dykstra ticket, though? Well, he helped them with people, with resources, with uh, – and then – when they went over, you don't when, hang on. You don't when think, he asked Secord's people to stop, okay, you got to go over and support Walter now so that Jeff doesn't get in. You know what the first question was after uh, Walter was elected? Who are we going to make chair? Okay, let's go talk about it. Uh, you're giving Rick way too much. You're giving Rick way too much power, though, honestly. And and, and here's what's funny, that you're just playing right into what, what the the media loves is that pre- – what about the liberals? What about you just said, well, at least you flush them out and said they've been in control. Mm-hmm. But I don't think no, they were ever that organized. Well, they didn't have to they, be because they, they had <laughs> occupied the every seat. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, you think they've disappeared? Have they disappeared at the no, region? No. Do you think they? Do you think the power broken in the back rooms no. has disappeared? 
You think they just gave up if, you know, you suggest that maybe... Well, they're just uh, looking at the next term of council, Yeah, but even in the vote for chair, it was... uh, Who was it down to? Gary against Al Kaslin? You don't think that there was some power broking going on there? Mm. And how did Gary get in? I mean, that surprised everybody. We were all caught up with Damian Goldburn maybe running, and, and I can't even remember who it came down to. And then Gary runs up the middle and gets the job. But that was all orchestrated by the left. You know, mm. so let's call it. It's happening on both sides, Jim. It happens right. on both sides. You know, you get you get as far as my 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 political like obviously I lean more to the right than the left. I'm pro life. I'm pro traditional marriage, which doesn't make me, I guess, a baby phobe or <laughs> a baby genist or whatever you want to call me. Oh yeah, if you oppose the death penalty, no, actually, no, I guess no, nobody gives a shit. Being pro, no, I'm being pro life could make me a misogynist because. Oh no, you you hate women. I hate women. Yeah, if okay. if you if you're a pro life, yes, then you you absolutely have no respect and you hate women. And, and you know who and I hate the, the most? Millers out there. You know who I hate who, the most? Who think it's okay when the pro lifers are standing on the on the corner with their disgusting pictures of little fetuses and stuff like that. Like, that's not for me to decide what you think is appropriate or what's offensive. And, yeah, if I had kids, I don't want them driving by that, but I'm certainly not going to say, make it illegal. You can't stand on the corner and demonstrate. No. You know what? So, And then dude comes up with something, magic marker written all over his bare chest, goes up, and basically assaults these people by taking their signs, kicks them uh, the signs all over, stomps on the signs on the ground. He gets arrested for public mischief. Should have been assault because if you take my sign and right. stomp on it, you might as well spit in my face or throw water on me Amen. or throw blood on me or whatever. That's assault, so he should have been charged for assault. So the, the Greg Millers of this world will come out and go, more of this, more of this. What, assault over free speech? And then now I'm a snowflake. A snowflake? And the other day... Jordan Peterson puts this thing out. It's a, a tweet. The, the same thing, Jim. The saying, same. Uh, this LGBTQ2SPIA oh. plus, uh, it, like it's getting longer and longer and longer, right? So, uh, I just happened to retweet one of his things. It, it comes from the uh, the University of Alberta. Uh, it's um, a gender and sexuality 101. And in one thing it says here, um, this is this is what caught my eye. Um, you know, treat people with respect, blah, blah, blah. Five, challenge assumptions. Studies completed in the f- past five years estimate that over 50% of Generation Zs born between 95 and later do not identify strictly heter- heterosexual or cisgender. 50% of people born after 90, 1995 don't identify with, like, are you fucking kidding me? So I put this out, and I say something to the effect of, uh, uh, more bullshit from the compelled speech lefty madness crew that dominates our higher learning institutions because we all right. well we don't all know but I've come to understand now that these professors and teachers are all lefties amen there's no conservative there's very few, few conservative profs and if there is con- and even the students can't get a conservative movement going because everyone's equality at all costs legislated we're equal we're equal. not freaking equal we're not as human beings not as races not as sexes we're, we have differences in, in wirings and mental for very good reason yeah i mean guess, you know, so and, now we're going to roll into a to to the nurses union and we're going to go oh, okay there's too many uh women in this field we're going to we need some quotas no we're going to go to the jews okay in hollywood we got to break up this this you know there's too many jews no in the asian community the asians do things way better than a lot of white people do and they dominate some fields in the stem field is poor james damore not poor 
but they fire this kid for this anti-diversity memo, which is basic biological science. The Google guy. Yeah. Women don't have the personality type for STEM fields. Well, few, the majority of women don't. How and that's why you? it's dominated how by dare, men. Jim, how dare you? No, because now he's how dare you? He's a sexist and he's how a homophobe. Dare you? How dare you? Oh. So I put this out And here. imagine someone today would say. Social justice warriors, politically yeah. correctness. Social justice warriors. Mad. And the liberal. So David Clough, this clown from uh, Welland, who's a total social justice warrior in a wheelchair mm -hmm. and ran for the Green Party's last time. First thing on the Facebook, I hope you're not running again after posting all of this. I'm like, well, I said, wait, the guy that supports free speech is okay with compelling speech because the idea is they're going to have to use Z and Zara and these made-up uh, nonspecific gender pronouns with these transsexuals uh, or whatever. And, and by the way, I'm okay. Love whoever you want. Cut your your sexual parts off and install new ones if it makes you feel better. But don't tell me you're changing your sex because every freaking cell in your body is coded for a man. doesn't matter what you do with your parts. doesn't matter how much estrogen you consume. Whether your voice changes, you grow new boobs. You're a boy. And then they trot out. Oh, my God, you got me rolling now. I then didn't. They you, out, I then didn't. they trot out this 10-year-old kid named Charlie in Canada, the liberals, Trudeau's liberals, right, with this Bill C-16. They trot out Charlie. He's 10. He wants to be a girl. He's 10. Do you think he even knows? He hasn't even hit puberty yet. So now, they can, because he identifies as a girl, they're going to force him with estrogen to try and have a female puberty instead of a boy's puberty. That's and impossible. Like, you, here we are. We won't How let can... you get a freaking tattoo until you're 18, but we'll let you get your junk chopped off and have new sexual parts installed like you know like you can think for yourself at 10 years old it's appalling so and i took no, a, i took a little i don't think installed here. i think scott, i think manufactured yeah. or created scott or, right one guy comes i don't have a problem with this either david cloud i think jim's quite uh, points relevant and we need the the debate it's real darcy higgins comes out sounds like a reasonable request not demands if you're going to rage, it should be about trans people being killed and otherwise depressed. All right, to the Greg Millers out there. Society was built on the backs of the oppressed uh, by the oppressors. That's how, that's how we built society? No. But down here, this dude says. <laughs> Which dude? Um, oh, did he? Oh, here we go. Uh, Tommy Taylor. I think he's a Green Party guy. Hey, just for yeah. full disclosure, uh, you know, you have that line underneath each of the net major networks. Just because Andy Petrowski <laughs> is sitting here and Jim is talking like this doesn't necessarily mean Andy agrees with everything yeah, Jim yeah, says. Yeah. No, because when when you retweet <coughs> something, you could retweet something. Hang on. I could, yeah, no, I could I retweet, retweet something that I don't that agree, I don't agree with. No, absolutely. Right? And so, and and then I love the John Mascaran line, you are what you tweet. Really? John, oh, did we pay you $100,000 oh, yeah. to say that? Oh, no. Guess what? You know who got ripped off? The taxpayers got ripped off. They didn't get ripped off that I had to defend myself against a corrupt code of conduct system. I got to mm. get this out in 10 seconds, Jim. Look at it. Like at least, hang on. At least those two other counselors got protection under the insurance policy, but it's all paid up front as cash for the first million. They got protection by a legal framework which held a certain amount of accountability around process. The process followed by this integrity commissioner was no process. It was his process, and I guess the process to the counselors who could pick up the phone, yes, and ask him what to do 
or give him advice. Do you imagine that? I called it out as obstruction of justice, actually, because it is. Councillor Gale called it out as fraud. It is fraud. And why is it fraud or fraudulent? Fraud maybe isn't even the right word. It's corrupt. It's corrupt that you can call. When did you know that a judge, Jim, if you get in problems with, with, with the law and you're going in front of the court tomorrow, as a lawyer, can I call up the judge the night before and say, hey, Harry, you know what? We're fishing next weekend. Can you take it easy on Jim? Or how about this? The other lawyer calls and goes, can you nail Jim? Because you know what? He's my political foe. Well, no, he sold a house. Uh, he sold a house to somebody else that I was trying to get or whatever. whatever it is. So in my situation, Jim, I'm not entitled to know who the accuse, who the accuser was. In, in fundamental principle of law, right there in the Charter and the Constitution, according to the supremacy God and under rule. Suspend jurisprudence. Hundred percent. Nothing to say due process for you. But Section Seven, Section Seven of the Charter says life, liberty, and security of the person. Security of the person, and it says as it is in accordance with the principles of fundamental justice. In other words, if you break the law under Section 7, you're not entitled, finally, to security of the person. You have to go to jail, right? right? So you lose that. But you have the principles of fundamental justice. What principles did John Mascarino fall? He said, no, you don't get to know who your complainant is. So I'd, it's an anonymous complainant. No, you don't get to see the complaint. I don't even know what I'm charged with. His interpretation. You're not entitled to a fair hearing. I'm making a decision. He calls it a finding, finding before you even get to talk. Ludicrous. And so the, the last finding comes out, and then you're you're. Uh, what do you got to say? Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 actually like before you're going up for the and execution squad. This is squash. exactly the same as the Human Rights Tribunal, which I'm sure you're not a big fan of. And I'm only just like I knew it was there, and I knew kind of what their leanings were. But nobody's ever lost at the Human Rights Tribunal. You can bring anything before these guys and get. And this goes back to the whole. Now I'm a homophobic bigot. This guy's uh, Tommy Taylor. You, Jim, and Jordan Peterson are two of the phoniest faux intellectuals going. Glad you can gloss over your bigoted prejudice with Peterson's laying academia. Did you even read the proposal? Like blah blah blah. So because I now did he now hang on a second. Does, is this person identified? Do you actually know who he is? Yeah. First and last name. Yeah. Tommy Good. Taylor. I don't Good. know if he uses if he goes by that real uh, handle. That uh, yeah, and then he goes on about uh, Trump's Kekistan online troll army. You ever seen this green frog? The yes. army of Kek. Yes. I think it's hilarious. I do too. It got hijacked, and there's nowhere that I can find that this. This frog is anything but a freaking joke. Right. But now he's the symbolism of Trump's racism, right? Right. And I, you know, I think it's I think it's unbelievably hypocritical of the left right now. Mostly, you know, the Madonnas out there. And I used to I used to love Madonna as a as a as a creative artist. But so you got Trump out here, who's well, nah, he's misogynist. He's a little he's a little uh, you know narcissistic a little psychopathic probably i think we all display symptoms on a on a spectrum of all these mental illnesses we all got a little OCD. not mental illnesses but, you mean uh, uh defective qualities <laughs> yeah so here's trump he comes out and he stands and he he spews all this garbage right you know the grab him by the pussy thing which i think come on Every guy that you know said something worse than that, you know, between two guys. Like, come on, really? Absolutely I'm not, not defending Trump to say that. <laughs> but so he spews all this crap out there, and people are right to be triggered. Triggered, social justice warrior term. Um, so he spews intolerance and his hate and blah, blah, blah out there. And then the left gets a hold of it. 
and they take it and they get their own intolerance and hate all revved up. Not their own. They, they always had it. throw it back at them and then never thinking, oh, my God, I'm doing the same thing. That's why I can't, I can't hate on the guy because if I hate on him publicly and I, I spend time and energy hating him back as something he said, then I become him. And so I tweeted the other day. What you see in Donald Trump is what you hate about yourself. You just don't even recognize it. So, a huge hypocrisy. It is. That's that's a pretty hypocrisy. Uh, pretty interesting uh, observation. And I think it's a conversation that we need to have. And and at some level, I'm grateful for Donald Trump, even though I believe in almost nothing of what he's doing. Uh, I love Pauly Shore's take that if him and Rodman flew over to North Korea, they could solve this problem with a game of Blades of Steel. Like just play some Nintendo together because this kid, this Kim Jong-un, he loves America. He loves capitalism. He loves Major League Baseball. He loves basketball. He loves The Apprentice. Like he is the biggest Trump fan going. Wow. And is true? Rodman, yeah, Rodman goes over there and right. hangs with him all the time. They, they, they golf. They play video games. They hot tub together. And Rodman's a little bit of a freak. Right. But like, and Pauly Shore is like, I know Dennis Rodman. And uh, he says... That if Trump just paid this kid a, a, the time of day, right. this stuff would go away. So, but he can't come out and say, I love Donald Trump. I love The, the Apprentice because tr- he's a dictator. And Trump actually once said in real Trump talk, because there is real Trump talk, but inside all of us, there's real stuff. Mm-hmm. Probably with me, more than 90% of the real and 10% of the phony versus the average politician is vice versa. But Trump even came out once at one time and said, Maybe sometime, maybe someday I'll be able to talk to him. That's real Trump talk because mm-hmm. he's a business guy. He, at the end of the day, is a face to face guy. Let's have a chat. Mm-hmm. But his handlers, Jim, his handlers in the White House, and they've all moved around lately, and I think it's getting worse, not better. But his handlers go, You can't say that. You know, you know why? We, we have a military complex we have to keep pumping with billions more to put more planes up in the air or more boats. Mm-hmm. So go out and, and crash champagne bottles over our aircraft carriers. But please never say we want peace. America mm-hmm. doesn't. Well, I shouldn't say that. There are some in America who don't do well economically by peace, Jim. Look oh, at all. No. Under, under Bush, under Obama, hey, Republican, conservative. Who has a better record in war? Neither. Mm-hmm. Neither. They're both atrocious, and they both were feeding the same system. To your point earlier, they're all overlapping the middle. We call it same church, different pew. Mm. It's disgusting, and one's inclusive and one's not inclusive. Conservatives are not non-inclusive. They're not inherently racist. They're not inherently bigoted. They may have values, but just because you have a value like pro-life doesn't mean you're a misogynist. You know what? Right. You know which woman I hate the most, Jim, as a, as a pro-life guy. My biological mother who adopted me, put me up for adoption. I, that's the one I hate the most. The one who put me up for adoption, Jim. I knew Jim. you were hate-filled. I See, knew it. I no, just knew no, it. No, but I'm saying it's complete sarcasm. No, but if it were not for, my, Jim, 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 if we're not for my, my biological mother who had a child, uh, an older sister, so I have this stepsister or half-sister out there, seven years older than me, that I haven't found or looked for yet. If she had not realized that, hey, I can't, you know, weekend romance, got pregnant, Andy came along that I couldn't put him up for adoption, hey, we wouldn't be having this interview. Mm. So I'm saying that in sarcasm. There's no hate. I love the fact. I, I, You know, in heaven, I hope I hug my biological mother and she hugs me and says, hey, Andy, I'm the one. You know what? I always want to know what you look like. Now, I didn't want to know so much. But no, but seriously. <laughs> so 
Uh, but no, where you know, Jim, all this stuff is. It, this isn't about even parties, even though parties is how we choose to define. Everyone wants to belong, right? People inherently do want to belong. Be loved. Yep, accepted. And guess what? They don't want to be ridiculed. Some people and 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 some people. <laughs> I try to get my love, obviously, from family and from my God, because I believe in my faith. God loves me unconditionally. Doesn't like sin. But he loves me. I am always love. Yes, you're loved. God is love. First John 4, God is love. Some people, I guess when faith isn't part of their life, find their love in what I call idols. You know what an idol is? If you, Alcohol. Well, no, but your government party. If you oh, yeah. find your worth in your government party, I'm sorry. And some do because you belong. Then you attach to it. And when you attach to it, you get a set of beliefs and you get a set of beliefs. Mm -hmm. you get, at the end of the day, Jim, here's the problem. It's we all have those. They're inherent with us. We all want to belong. We all have these, you know, we get our support. We get our recognition from all this worldly stuff. And it has taken away at the municipal level where we're supposed to be not parochial or sorry, sorry, not partisan. Parochial right. is your, your, your geography. Your partisanship is your party. Wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be nice if we just had one week of completely nonpartisan and non-parochial decision-making? I'll tell you what, if we had a month of that a year, Bob Gale has this new idea where he messes us all up once a, uh, a month. Makes you sit in different makes seats. Makes us sit in different seats. Really? Me, is that still? Yes. It's, a, it's, a, it's it an still ongoing. still goes on? still goes on. I remember that. Yeah, I think okay. I got to miss it because I was away for part of it, which was great. <laughs> but anyway, no, wouldn't it be nice if we had a month where we go, okay, guess what? When you stand up and you debate something, you got to debate you uh, or vote for something. You have to put really put some cogent words around why this should happen and shouldn't happen. Don't and you don't and you don't get away with sticking your hand up and saying I support this. You actually have to speak to that motion. And wouldn't it be nice? And this is the flip side: if the public came and actually watched it, because right now, and the standard knows this, the radio knows this. Better call it CKTB so they get a plug however they want to take it or not. Nagger this week knows it. Nobody's in the audience. Nobody's engaged unless it's let's attack MPCA this week and you get the same old, same olds, right? Mm -hmm. It is. Or it is a specific issue, you know, like last term it was the southern uh, tier hospital people didn't want Fort Erie Hospital closing or whatever. Jim, we do, we just we don't even we don't have even in, and you know this we've talked about it, we don't even have an engaged public who are coming in the states on the other side of the river every night in town councils in county hospital county councils which is like regional government and state councils those 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 gymnasiums those part time classrooms that are converted in council rooms they're full hmm. they're full People I even watched engaged. one up I just watched a Collingwood uh, council meeting or a Barry one where there was a code of conduct issue and they actually came in support of her, you know, leave Sylvia here or something like that. I said, but where are the people in Niagara? And I know what they are saying. They're saying, well, they could say, well, we voted for you, expect you to do But do they really, Jim, do they know what's going on? No. And you can't rely on that birdcage liner to tell you what's going on. And you can't. I, and you I, can't. I, I kind of agree with you, too. On some things, the politicians are elected to make the decisions. On some things, they're just too big. You have to go to the public. But I want to pick up on something you said. Can uh, we finish this last thing, yeah. though? Okay. So who, when they go to the voting booth, 
besides, oh, well, Petrowski did this, Petrowski did that, and hey, you know, you say there's no such thing as bad pub, bad pub, publicity, but who, okay, apart from me, and apart from the negative, the attempt to to attack and, and go after Kaslan, uh, the chair, go after sometimes uh, Bob Gale's chair of police board, and, and Dave Barrick or Sandy Annunziata, and there's, see, knows who, who's always the targets, who's the targets? It's the them and the us side. The left is fine. Leave the left alone. But you're going after the – I call them the non-left because in the non-left, we have counselors, you know, Selena Volpatti is a, a, a great liberal. And yet mm-hmm. she is a great – she, she's a counselor that holds people accountable. I mean she was – she's running at the front of the boat on, on the Burgoyne Bridge. But, but at the same time, where, where come election time? Are the people getting their knowledge for who to vote and who not to vote? Do they know? And that's okay. Do they know Andy Petrowski was the only person out of 30 who stuck his hand up and say, I'm not voting for that $10 million track and field stadium? And I'm okay if the sports people say, well, I'm not voting for him because he did. And I'm the only one who will go on this radio now and remind people because the other 29 are hoping that if you don't like the sports stadium, they'll still get the vote. And if you do, or they'll forget about it. But do the people, Jim, know? There's, there, does the paper even, oh, you know what the scorecard will be? The scorecard will be Grant LaFleche's little online article with the 30 articles he's done on me, 30 or 40, whatever it is in counting. I mean, get a life, Grant. Come on. Mm. You know what? Find mm-hmm. something else to do, like be a real journalist. Oh, did I say that? Columnist. Per me? Columnist. He's not a journalist. He's, he's an opinion haver. Hack opinion maker. Man. Um this idea, and I've been struggling with this too, and this is kind of why I've been quiet. You know, I've done a couple of interviews with uh, musical guests, uh, and we touched on kind of stuff like this, but I'm having a hard time articulating my frustration uh, up until this point, and uh, so thanks for being my ver- first victim. Um, I kind of feel like uh, what you said, we're not born with hate. I, f- I feel like we are. You know, no, no, I didn't. Where did I say that? Well, I thought... I thought I heard you say that, but um, well, bi- biblically, we're we're all born sinful, so yeah, we are right. born with it. The first so, thing, the first thing a baby does when they, w- it, 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 it is cry for attention, and the first thing a baby does when they start talking is say the opposite of what you're asking them. So, did you do that? No, mm-hmm. no. I, I think it's uh, Obama comes out the other day and says uh, we're not born with hate; it's learned. Well, I, I think we. I think he's wrong. I think that. Like I'm not sure Donald it's hate, Trump we're born and with Andrew Petrowski and Jim Fannin, we're all born hateful, intolerant, bigot assholes, basically. And it's hard work to be loyal to your wife. It's hard work to be uh, acceptable and tolerant of somebody that looks different or sounds different or moves differently or whatever. And I, I'm not an expert on this, but I certainly have found enough evidence that points like chimps practice organized war. They don't have religion. They fight over resources. They'll fight over women, too. But they, they have these territories where the resources, the bananas or whatever they're eating, and they have these these territories right. that they patrol the outside of. And while they're patrolling, they go on patrols with all the men go out, and the women stay back at home taking care of the little guys. And they, when they're out on their patrol and their boundaries, if they come across a, a rival tribe, they pull each other apart, like murderously, like like absolutely kill everything they see on, the, on these borders. And then... And tribes of usually no more than 30 or 40, that's how big chimps tribes normally are, they go into organized, they will march like an army 
into foreign lands and disseminate and obliterate and exterminate, practice genocide on every male chimp. Then they take the females hostage back to their clan, right. and then they encompass the, a new territory. It's genocide. So what are you saying? I'm just saying that's our closest, <laughs> I, if you believe it. I don't. You know, well, that's why they call it a theory I'm of a evolution. I'm a creationist. I believe that God created— there's, there's holes but in creation. On, but there's holes no, in evolution. But, but no, but I'm still. Saying, but they, we have the closest DNA. I believe chimps, those are instincts. Like 98% DNA We're mammals. matches. We're mammals. So is it fair to say that, yeah— we're warlike. I don't believe. Yeah, it. we're intolerant. Yeah, we. But are not, not because they are, Jim. I don't look at. I come from the school it's of nature. creationism. Uh, it's in human nature. It's human nature. We are fundamentally born as sinners. That's that's the first three chapters of Genesis carry that pretty quickly. The fall of man, the Garden of Eden, and we are fundamentally sinners well, from, one, from 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 the get go. So it doesn't matter. You you may think or want to you you, tribe, you though, may want right? to evolve from a, a, an ape, and before that, green pond Even scum. Even before when we're uh, Neanderthals, like I mean, there was there's been ancient humans on this on this earth for a long time. The Earth isn't two thousand years old. You're not going to tell me that, right? Like there's no six six thousand. No, years mankind old. is six thousand years old. Okay, well, I don't know how we can agree on that. But we don't have to. It, we at one time we were in tribes, and when our tribe came up against another tribe, we didn't invite them over for dinner and sex. Absolutely. We tried to obliterate them. Jim. If you, if you so, if that history is true, no, no, but that and that's even recorded since in the Bible. If you if you ascribe as I do to six thousand years of the formation of man and woman as Adam and Eve, and then what happened after that, up to the flood, there there still were tribes. Wiping each other yeah, out, absolutely by the thousands and the tens of thousands. Yeah. So, so where, where do we get off thinking that it's a, like we're we're, so, we're born so good ob- and a tall intolerant? And, so no. Obama says we learn hate. Well, but it, well, I, you can be taught hate. There's no ha- doubt. Hang on, but but there there is certainly some socializing and sure. some teaching going on from parents. If a, mm-hmm. if your parents. Are are, no are are Archie Bunkers? Mm-hmm. Chances are, when you're eight or ten, you sit at ten. You can't know what that you want to be a woman if you're a boy. But if your parents are bigots, chances are you don't know differently. You won't know differently. Fair enough. And you might. And it but, can be taught or learned or indoctrinated or whatever you want to call it. And how does that affect us at the uh, in the great region of Niagara? Well, I think that the the conversation about Trump should start out as. We're all racist, intolerant, bigot assholes at our core. We've learned and we've come a long way to be tolerant. And I've experienced that. I tell the, the story about my friend Josh. First time I met him, what the, what's this? He's a big, brown, flamboyant. I'm, I think he's gay. I've never actually asked him, but, I mean, he, he does the pride functions and stuff right. like this. And I'm looking at him, and I'm like, Dude, he's weird, man. And I see him the same next day, and I, you know, I'm, and then I have to give him a ride. He just happens to be in a mutual friend of a friend of mine, and so I'm giving him a ride. And he, he's an artist, so he asked me to put a CD in the deck, and I'm like, yeah, I'll put, it, I'll put your CD in the deck, though. You know, and he's in the back seat of my car, and he's going, you know, well, can you put it in now before we get there? And I'm like, now, yeah, you know, before we get to Niagara Falls, so we can, so we can all listen to my disc. I, I reluctantly put the thing in, but I and I'm hating on this guy the whole time because he's big. He's a six foot, foot six foot five, big brown flamboyant. He's 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 not like me. 
Right. And right away, my gaydar or whatever it is goes off. I'm like, dude, get away from me. I'm not tolerant is my first reaction. But you're do- and the on. whole time I'm, I'm, I'm processing Jim, you're this doing going. That, you're doing that as an adult. The, the, I don't think – I think racism and bigotry are, are attitudes, first of all. And they're more something you people I, gr- grow into. I don't think you're born a racist. I think that if you were, because, no, we're, hang on. What about mixed families? When you have mixed children through adoption, whatever, they all get along. They all love each other. Kids they're not, walk up against on, strangers all the time, and they're like, "Ix me," just because not even you don't even have to be a different color or religion. They just you're a stranger, stranger danger. Anyways, to finish my story about Josh, I put his damn disc in the thing. We're listening to it. I got a car full of guys on the way to the thing, and I'm weirded out by this guy. By the time we get to Niagara Falls, we're all yelling out the windows, Chibaba, singing to this guy's too. And he's a beautiful man. He's a great guy that I know now. Now, now I see him as a, as actually a beautiful human being, as opposed to a guy that I kind of was not fearful of, but like you're just like, wait a, like you're like no, stop. Right. You're different. But how about, I, I think that's natural. How about think, this? And how unless about this? we start the conversation by saying, listen, it's natural to feel fear people that are different from us. Then that's where that conversation have to start. Because if we if we start out the conversation, which we always have been saying hate is bad and it's learned, then we're not getting anywhere. If we start out from the standpoint that, no, hate is actually pretty inherent as a human being. Right. It's in all our hearts. We're not right. tolerant. It's hard work to be loyal to your wife. It's hard work to be inclusive of the people that are brown and speak differently or, or love diff- the same sex or a different sex than you or worship a different God. It's very difficult to be tolerant and loyal and, and inclusive. And I think, I'm hoping that if we started the conversation though, with that self-admission that we're all broken sinners, that maybe we'll get further down the line because I'm we're getting better. I'm all for that. But we're getting better, right? I think, Jim. I think I would. Per, I think you. May, I get might get common ground on you. First of all, yeah, you know the the spirit is um, willing, the flesh is weak. Uh, yes, this mm. nature. I I still call it. Uh, you know, um, inherent sin in us and our sinful nature. And I think whether people believe in that or not, we certainly are. You might go to the extreme of born, you know, we are bigoted, we are racist. We certainly have a prejudice, for sure. Mm. We pre- and I think we all battle with prejudice in terms which what is prejudging. We see somebody and instantly our mind puts that person in some type of a category. Mm-hmm. That's our nature, whether it's a good category or a bad category, right? right. Depending on how they look. Exactly. Unfortunately, but we've also been socialized and by our, our family and by the world what we should be thinking when we see those people, unfortunately, to some extent, mm-hmm. because otherwise, you know, we have blank slates. As far as, as, as the lies of hate and cheat and steal and and gossip and pride and covet i think i think you know and of course your audience is going to go crazy on this i think that we're born that way we are born with those sins in us mm. and because where does that come from where does a where does a child 3 years old sitting beside his cousin who had who got better christmas presents let's say or got ones that he liked where does that child come up with crying and grabbing that from them where mm. the, that's not taught that's not the Obama taught. Got it. It's there. 
it's there and there for the, and I'll say there for the grace of God you know we do have uh, a book I fully believe in as you know called the Holy Bible which teaches not you know whether this is uh, good or bad as much as right and wrong because I think they're different you know what is right and what is wrong it is is cheating right no it's wrong right is stealing right no it's wrong and and good or bad think of those words good or bad well that's they have so much they don't they have so much play in the middle oh is it really good or really bad it's either right or wrong mm. hence for example you know why on a personal level i decided it was the right thing to apologize on a personal basis for what i had said about a specific mayor and to apologize for was that plastic face or snake or no, no, disgusting. Oh, okay, I love disgusting it. was a no. It was both, and and all were wrong. So I'm saying mm. it's right, wrong. It's wrong, and that's wrong according to a code that I ascribe to, which is taught to me in the Holy Bible. And now that, the disgusting mirror one, I can almost give you a pass on because you were at a meeting where they blocked you from legitimately speaking. So correct. I can see what, where that could be frustrating because you're like, okay, well, you're a guy that knows process pretty well. You're there. I think you're as a private a citizen uh, representing a constituent. Yes, and. Constituent couldn't make it because his brother-in-law was and in the hospital all night from before. Speaking, so. I was there to just read notes, just read notes mm. off of a script. The clerk had always the fear. They were uh, going to let loose with a Andy Petrosky tirade and rip council to shreds while you're on the lectern. Perhaps, <laughs> perhaps, perhaps, yeah, or perhaps. And, but the the fear wasn't you couldn't have even been in the content because you can mis, you can manipulate the content at those meetings. Mm -hmm. We have this ludicrous thing, Jim. And you believe in democracy, and God bless you for it, and the open and everything. We allow a professor or the president of Brock University on the fly to come forward and speak to region, right? On the fly, mm -hmm. yeah, unannounced, sits in the audience, all added from the floor to the agenda. Do we have any script? Do we have any clue what they're going to no. say? No. Everyone but, else but Jim Fannin, you got to submit by Thursday, the week before, at 4.30. Oh, and by the way, in some councils, in some councils or in some townships, like maybe the one I was talking about, they can look at it and go, no, we're not going to allow this. And mm -hmm. even, even at the region, there's attempts to manipulate. And remember when the region tried to stop presenters from coming to council? Do I remember? <laughs> I, I ran on before it. Before you No, I ran on that. Right. I ran on that 2010. Yeah, the cre the September the August before the election in 2010, the Council of Organizational Review Committee, aptly named Cork, as in put a cork in it. <laughs> all those councillors passed, at least the majority of them. Yeah. We will not allow any delegations to come to council. And then when I got elected, the first thing I tried to do in the fall is to change that. And my favorite mayor, uh, Mr. McMullen. Tried to jump ahead on, even though he was part of the committee and part of the council, at least the council, maybe not the committee, that voted to do that. He tried to go, oh, I want to change that. Oh, come on. Come on. So we changed that. We got rid of it. But you know what? They're going through the process all over again, Jim. I haven't been as involved. It's called the procedural bylaw. Everything, as far as I'm concerned, is, is, is sold to the public as making things more efficient. Everything. Why? Why should things be more efficient? How many speakers do we really have, Jim, that come to council? Yeah. Not not that many. And you could have rules like, Jim, you can't come three councils in a row and present the same Steve thing. Steve Seuss, what's up with him? He's at every committee meeting but, and every But he speaks to different meeting. things, though. Yeah. He, well, well, he, well, I heard he spoke at the opiate meeting. He did. About, hey, God bless him. Yeah. God bless him. Hey. Well, he seems like he's addicted to it. He, he can't stop.
Jim, at least there are people coming forward and doing public allegations. Well, that's my point that we started out down this road on why the hell should Jimmy Fannin and Steve Seuss and Jennifer Johnson have to go address these things and get Jennifer Johnson's she lost her son right. and and she's been mourning for years over this. Was this and public works? Yeah. Public health, you mean? Yeah, public health. This week. Yeah. Okay. And then she like she, she just happened to run into a couple similar moms that lost their child to overdoses or right. opiates or fentanyl. That's right. what her 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 her, Sad. her son's thing was heroin. Sad and too common. And it was ninety nine percent fentanyl. Wow. Like that kid didn't stand a chance. Right. And yeah, heroin's not good, but geez, if it was legal and taxed and regulated and we have safe, uh, safe injection sites, maybe we wouldn't have this problem. But this is, you know, one of my major Were you points. there for a presentation? No, no I wasn't. Did you watch it? I did watch it. Okay. And did she get any questions? She did, but she completely, understandably lost it. Right. Like, we sh you know, and she was so emotional and um, angry and her voice was... No she doubt. was yelling at these guys to get it right. Like right. otherwise, we're losing a whole generation of of kids. And you know, but you know, it shouldn't be on us to go there and do the business of the region. And so now it takes four moms, Jennifer Johnson included. I'm sorry, right. I don't know the names right. of the other women that were there, to come to council and passionately plea and and, and form this whole activism group. Right. Like Jennifer Johnson's got better things to do. Trust me, I know the woman. Right. She does not enjoy public speaking. In fact, this is probably the first time she's ever publicly spoken. And we've had before. this crisis at least for the last three or four years. Yeah, and in the region's doing degree. jack shit about it. And it takes a girl like Jennifer Johnson, who just lost her son not more than two Sad. years ago, to come to council and to tell them, this is what you need. You need safe injection sites. You need to study best practices out west in Vancouver mm. where the opioid crisis is raging. How about you need doctors These guys to need to be doing You guys, you council turkeys should have this as the business of the day Amen. like this like housing like taxes like oh my god there's so many things but what are we talking about we're talking about a $25,000 Petrowski bill which and, and you I don't need to tell anybody this and I've told you know this I don't agree with everything Andy Petrowski okay. I in fact agree with very little <laughs> about what Andrew does Andrew Petrowski does politically but Lately, it was forty-four, by the way. Forty-four thousand. Okay. Yeah. Because um, they'll be in TV land. You, and but, yeah, but when you came up on this code of conduct thing, I can see it clear as day. This is the human rights tribunal. This is suspension of jurisprudence by the council, by the integrity commission. Yeah, with the support of council. Absolutely, hundred percent. And this is there are only two people wrong. vote against. And I don't understand how. Any code of conduct, and that's why when you challenged us, I was like, go for it, man, right. because all these codes, you'll change every code of conduct in the Amen. province and possibly Canada right. by saying the code of conduct cannot contravene the Charter of Rights. Amen, and that's why the liberal judge squashed me down, because he knows that if it goes past him, which it could through appeal, but if, if he was forced to rule on Charter of Rights, which he tried to ignore all throughout his decision when I tried to get that injunction— uh, and shame on him. And I'll say that openly, shame on him. And I said it openly anyway, because um, they all come from their pool of liberals, uh, liberal lawyers, and then they get up there. And they're, who are they? Who does he work for? He works for Kathleen Wynne, who pays his check. 
So I don't mind. Doesn't, doesn't it make you feel like it's stacked? And I do. Well, I want the I want the American system for four years. I want I want mm. elected judges. And they go, oh well, that's corruption too because they're going to be running on campaigns. You know what? Let's try it because mm. the current system isn't working. But anyway, at the end of the day, this guy knows that if that had gotten farther and he had allowed me to go where I was going on the Charter of Rights, which is a Charter of Rights, which is Section Two, Freedom of Expression, Section Seven, a violation of my security of person by not following any. Any and then and this hasn't even come that public either, Tim, which is just atrocious. To allow me to sit there as he did through that court proceeding and know as he was hammering me for where is my copy of my sworn affidavits that I'd serve people, the other side, the region's lawyer, their sworn affidavit to serve me with his information. Do you know what it said? Unsuccessfully served. I never had the other lawyer's information. So while he's taking you apart for not serving properly, nobody was served properly. No, no, no. I had served properly. Oh, but except, he, was, except, he was asserting that you didn't, though, right? No, no, no. He, he, he had asked for proof. Oh. He had asked for proof. And he said, well, you can't serve through the clerk's office. Fine. So the ones who did get served personally were the reason why we had the trial. That's fine. The point is he had a piece of paper that documented from the region's side and the region's lawyer that the region's lawyer had never successfully served me with his documentation. I'm sitting through this trial without the benefit of knowing the other side's arguments, Jim. Mm. And he had this piece of paper there all along. And then he gets to cost. And, and I finally asked because someone in the audience had seen this. He said, Andy, ask, what is this courier charge? So I said, what's this courier charge? Oh, that's for you being served. Well, Your Honor, I didn't get served. Oh, and that kind of looks like... So the whole trial... Had he done, I say, his job properly, and he didn't, listen to me, you know, Justice, you didn't do your job properly, as far as I'm concerned, or fairly anyway, he would have said, I see that Councillor Councilor Andy Petrowski has not been served the documents from the other side. Because both sides know going into all courts what your arguments are, right? right? It's called discovery Mm -hmm. and then book of this and book of that. I didn't have anything. I'm sitting there basically naked to the arguments of the other side, and he allowed that to happen. Had he done the same thing? Oh, Mr. Purcell, where's your sworn affidavit? Oh, here it is on my desk, unsuccessfully served. Mr. Petrowski, do you have the documentation? No. Okay. Now, it was a pretty tight schedule. Do you have it? Well, I'm going to give you the option. Do you want to go ahead and litigate without knowing, or do you want to can this? Hmm. Well, I would have pulled it because I had no idea. He's a lawyer, Jim. That's all. His ammunition is in that book. And talking about the room being stacked, I mean, even just fighting a traffic ticket the other day, and I don't want to compare the two, but it, you kind of get the feeling, okay, the judge, the, the cops, crown, the crown attorney, and the crown, <laughs> even duty counsel. I mean, they're all employed by the province. 100%. I feel like I'm here all by myself as Amen. a private citizen. And I had a, what did I have? I had a, oh, I got a speeding ticket on the way to my dad's. And then, um, I pulled over to call McConnell, and I didn't see the cop. And I was probably speeding. I was doing 90-something kilometers down bigger road where the uh, speed limit's 80. Uh, And so I was going to call McConnell. So I pulled over on the side of the road just before bigger road. My my dad lives on the corner of Moyer and bigger road in Port Robinson. I pull over. I'm there not even 30 seconds. Cop pulls up behind me with his lights on. I'm like, what the hell? I didn't even see this cop. And I had gone around some hydro trucks that were trimming trees or whatever, and I could see traffic coming. So I kind of boot, I pinned it and went around them so I, I could make it, you know, without causing any more trouble. So I got, uh, and then he comes back to the car. He goes, uh, 
you don't have a license. I said, I got a license right here. I said, I've been driving for two years. I got insurance last year with no trouble. Right. Like brand new insurance right. with a new company. Right. Are you tell me they didn't pull my abstract? They didn't find right. out I, I was on, on license? So at, at some point, my fines had disqualified me, unpaid fines. Right. I went and paid the fines, and they're saying I didn't go and pay this, this $150 uh, re, in whatever, registration fee right. to, to get my new license back or whatever. I've been driving for two years on this thing. So I take it to court, and I'm nervous. I mean, my my pits are soaked because I'm out of my element. I don't do this. I'm representing myself, so that, you know the first I get get uh, um, remanded. I'm gonna I'm gonna retain counsel. Okay. So next time I come up, the the cop's not there. He had a per he had a personal compassionate day. I go like, this is my second time here, man. I'm coming from out of town. This is painful, and it's costing me some money. Wow. I want to deal with this today. Well, uh, the officer couldn't be here. Sorry. Okay? Next time. What I if you couldn't be there? Well, uh, next time I come up, I'm like, my lawyer, blah, 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 yeah. and I haven't picked, you, you know, and right. I, I, I need more time. No, that's well, different. What if you didn't show? Too bad. Oh, oh yeah, and then you're convicted. <laughs> so then I say something, well, you know, uh, my lawyer, and I, 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 need, I'm, I'm, I have to get a lawyer. And so I get, a smack, I get smacked around by the female judge at that point. The officer's here. We're ready to go. And what's your problem? I go, well, I'm not ready. Like, I haven't got my abstract back from the, from right. the blah, blah, blah. Was your lawyer there? No, I was representing myself. Okay. So the, and this is all the same crown. I can't remember. Vu was his name, I think. Young guy. Good-looking guy. Right. I come in. I'm like, he's like, no. He thumbs through all my stuff. He goes, look at this driving record. No, we're going to seek a $400 fine. I said, a $400 fine? For dr- what for an administrative error? I paid all my fines. I've been to the courthouse. He was the court- crown. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and he wouldn't budge. Wow. I'm like, dude, drop this one. I'll plead guilty to the speeding. Nope. I'm going for a four hundred dollar fine on this. Wow. Thing. I'm like, dude. What oh, court was this? This is Niagara Falls. Wow. On Queen Street. <laughs> Next time I come back, I got a new Bad good looking, uh, young crown. A new a guy. Uh, and well, well, they're both guys. Representing uh, the I'm same thinking, cop? The, the crown, uh, crown or prosecutor. Same right. people in traffic court, I think. So this guy walks over. Big strapping guy walks over. Mr. Fannett? Yeah. He goes, uh, I don't think the cop was there again. If I had proceeded with it, they probably would have thrown everything out. Right. And he says to me, he says, uh, okay, yeah, I'm well, we're going to drop this, and you plead guilty to this. Full fine, no reduction, no bl- no, no bullshit, you know, right. no, no negotiation. I'm like, what were we waiting for? Let's do this. So they dropped the the fail, you know, driving without a license, which was really an administrative thing because my fines have been paid off for years. I just didn't. Well, I swear I went and got the reinstatement. Right. That's what they call one hundred and fifty dollar right. reinstatement fee. Right. So finally, but I know what it feels like, and that's what when you go into a courtroom, you feel like everyone is on the dole are on the payroll of the liberal government, whoever's in power, part of the province, they're state employees type thing. So then when you bring up this whole this whole integrity commissioner thing and, you know, the fact that you're 24-7, it doesn't matter if you're up north in a boat fishing, I, I know you like to use that analogy, or your Twitter account, bullshit, man. Like, I... I will not stand for anyone that's going Jehovah Witness, Christian, or whatever. When they go handing out pamphlets door to door, that they are breaking a code Correct. at the region. Thank you. And so 
the code of conduct, when, when this whole came, thing came up, I'm like, you can't have a code of conduct that breaks uh, the Charter of Rights. Well, that's, that, should be, that should be out of the gate. Plain and simple. You, but if, and in so fact, when you said, I'm going to challenge the code Jim. against the Charter, right. I'm like, go! Right. Because every code in Ontario is corrupt, and every integrity commissioner has suspended jurisprudence to do exactly to you what they're doing to everyone Amen. else out there. Amen. And next time, it's going to be a different guy, and they're going to say, what? An, an anonymous complaint? I don't know what the complaint is. I can't speak to it. It's not going to be tried fairly. Who There's it is. no evidence. Who's the complainant? I mean, we saw this Swayze guy. You uh. you recorded the damn interview. The guy was, come on. You know you're guilty, Randy. Yeah. Like, how many times did he say, you know, this is, the, and I've already met, and I don't need to talk to these people. Right. Like, I, I think uh, yeah. it's still on SoundCloud. And they're lo- but here, here's what's funny. That was they're, the most ridiculous him, interview ever. Him and Mascarin, and thankfully George Rostai, who saw through this jurisdictional issue and said, Andy, you're not guilty of this code of conduct complaint because you were at a golf tournament as a friend in your private capacity. And I'm not even sure what you're accused of. I don't buy that because there weren't witness- enough witnesses on either side, but I'm not going to step there because you're out of your capacity. So I was out of my capacity on Twitter. I'm out of my capacity at the Pelham Town Council. And, I and found- Sandy's out of capacity driving to 1010 to do the weekly talk show with, uh, what's his name? <laughs> I was out of capacity, and at the same time, this hypocritical, some of the hypocritical members of council saying, but you're in capacity when we're going to assess you your expenses. So you can't have it both ways, and the way to get around all this is to, honestly, is to, I would say, coming back full circle to the governance thing, is take a look at how we govern ourselves. Make, uh, let's have some, uh, get rid of the mayors on council. Get rid of the mayors and council. Have full-time councillors, whether it's still the same 18. You don't need to replace the other 12, Jim, because it's not like you're going to miss them. But 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 rep by pop. I don't even think you need councillors by – no, by the municipality. Get rid of the parochialism. Cut, cut the region up into eight wards, north-south line, and then eight wards or 12, whatever you want. I'm fine with the nonsense. You want to add more in so it's not centralized, but have it rep by pop. Three councillors for every ward, so three doesn't, times eight. Doesn't three the times parochialism eight. come in with the wards, though? Well, I guess, mm. I guess, but you can't make it too prohibitive to run. So, right. but but, but everyone pro- can but run Jim, a large. The, but the wards can touch other municipalities, so at least you're part of St. Catharines, Thor. Let's say if you're on the on the west side or east side, you're St. Catharines, Niagara, and the lake, and 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 the south or north part of Niagara Falls. But anyway. The current system isn't working. It's yeah, not. Yeah, and Jim, you and I aren't going to come up with the perfect. But Jim, system it's not working. It's here, not working. I think re- you're right as far as getting the mayors off there because that is a total my backyard. Uh, they're there for nothing but their backyard. Well, they're there. And, listen, they they get reelected by what they do for the city. So what mm, are they doing at the region that I wouldn't do if I wasn't a mayor? Get for my city. Get for the city. Yeah. And when you get for the city out of the region's tax pocket. It's still the same taxpayer. Still mm-hmm. comes out of my dad's pocket. My dad's now, of course, because still comes out of our parents' taxes and our taxes. Okay, but it comes off the budget at the region. So the mayors have their own city budgets. Well, they don't want to see the St. Catharines budget go from a hundred to hundred and ten. If the mayor, God bless him, can get a ten million dollar project from the region, Jim, spread out across the region, right? Mm-hmm. He's still getting the project done, but it's not affecting his budget. Mm-hmm. So isn't that funny? The taxes at the region. This is re- this is true. The taxes at the region. Don't tell them this. Don't, this don't make sure they don't listen to this part. They could go. They could bust the taxes up at the region ten percent more, 
right? Gone 350 million. Another add 50 million. Use that entire 50 million, Jim, for their city's benefits, right? All those mayors can can go together. And besides, they do go together. They have mayors' meetings, Jim. We don't have 18. If we had 18, we'd already be quorum, right? Because 30 councillors, half of 30 is 15. We'd be at quorum if we had 18. They're at 12. So they're three they get, away from They're three the away, and, and the ombudsman's saying that's okay. But they can still have meetings, Jim, that discuss specifically how they're going to vote about regional issues. And that's not considered a meeting outside no. of council. And it's you scratch my back, I scratch yours. So well, I'm sure we saw that with the airports, right? Is that oh, the airports there? is the best example. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that blackmail that we had to take that grass patch up there in Pelham that Mayor Augustine gets up when I say grass patch. Well, that's what it is. We, there's not one municipality at upper tier in Ontario or probably the universe that owns something that kind of, let's just say, uh, grass patch, you know, it is. No, no, but nobody owns such a, a small airport like that at the upper tier level. Even Jim, I don't want to take over this one. I don't want to take over this one. Let the cities run it. Let the, let it go broke and let Who, the private sector. Who's on it now? This is Niagara, uh, Niagara Falls, Niagara Lake, and St. Catharines. Yeah, and Thorold opted out because they don't want to pay the head tax. So, so St. Catharines, Niagara Falls, Niagara Lake. Correct. And they can't afford it, so they're trying to dump it on the region, get the region to pay for it. So the South mayors say, "Well, we don't, we won't, we won't, we don't want to participate in that unless you take our millstone around our neck, called Pelham uh, Airport or whatever it's called, the Dorothy Stratton Airport or." Whomever, I'm sorry, I don't remember because it's really not something that grass patch, right? And uh, you take ours. That's an example. You take ours, we'll take yours, and then we'll sink millions into it. And the plan is sink millions in from the region taxpayer, upgrade it, and then maybe, and then nothing will happen because I, I I can't believe that 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 airline going back and forth to Toronto is financially very viable. There's, mm. You know there's a plane service there. We never hear about that. Right. By the way, if it disappeared, we'll never have anyone come forward and say, oh, by the I way. Mean, I take that three times a week. Pardon me? Well, you're not, not going to have everyone stand up and say it. That's what No, but if it disappeared, I don't know if it has. So if you have, if you're still in business, God bless you, because nothing seems to work across the lake, ferries, mm. planes, whatever, hydrofoils. Um, the point is this. It's dump money in, dump money in, dump money in, and of course all the local contractors or contractors, sorry, I shouldn't say local. The contractors will benefit very handsomely from all the upgrades. Good, make work projects for all of them and their employees on the taxpayers' back. And then nothing will work because we'll just have beautiful, empty plazas of air airports. And and then what are we going to do? Sell it to somebody maybe for a dollar. What's Collingwood doing right now? The Clearview Airport? They want to get rid of it. They've admitted we can't, we can't, we can't take care of it. It's on the market. Just put this airport at these mayors really can't afford it, and I can see they can't afford it. It's not viable. There's not enough traffic. Well, they can't sell it either, so they want no, to find a sucker no, with get, the reason to buy it. No, well, no, but then, then sell it to somebody for a buck. Mm. Give the private sector a chance to make something oh, with it. Oh, to get out of the business. To of get out of the business. It. And yeah. there's money in the fuel. There's money in the hangars. Maybe somebody can minimally, Jim, keep the pulse going through that. Like, you won't be closing it. Maybe somebody can run it, at least run it with a bottom-line perspective. If the region takes it over, it's going to become a money pit. And it already was because when I before I got there in 2010, the region put three or four of $12 million into that of a one-third, one-third, one-third. The four cities or the three cities, Jim, didn't even put up the $4 million in the – when I say one-third, 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 I mean the feds one-third, province one-third. And, and the cities come to the region in 2008, 6 to 10 and go, will you be – Will you replace us as the third? The region paid a third for an airport. They have absolutely 
No, you talk about governance. Where was the governance connection between the region and that airport? Those four municipalities. Where was it, Jim? Mm. Didn't exist. Where did they even have the legal right to write a check for four million dollars? Where? But who asked those questions? Mm. So, so I'm against it because I think I'm against. I'm not against an airport if it can be financially viable. I'm not against anything. Hey, if we can, if we can somehow wave a magic wand and Niagara becomes a place the entire world wants to descend to and visit and everything else, Niagara Falls and wine country. I'm all for that, but Jim, I'll tell you something. I don't trust what the people who want to do this really want to achieve, and I darn well know it's going to cost millions and millions and millions of dollars. And I say openly, I don't trust, and then I'll have other counselors go, does that mean you don't trust me? You wear it how you want to, Mr. or Mrs. You wear it how you want to. I do not trust, and that is what my job is. My job is not to get along with staff. Be respectful, sure. But I'm allowed to challenge, and I'm allowed to debate. They can't stand it. It's like, why are you browbeating staff? As soon as you ask a question, why are the, why are the tanks leaking in Niagara and the Lake? Brand new sewage treatment plant, which we, which we haven't taken over yet. I'm browbeating. So how do, we, how do we deal with the browbeater, Jim? Throw a code of conduct complaint in against it. <laughs> but that's the game. Well, yeah, but I guess everyone can play that game, right? No. No, we don't play it. Uh, well, the town of Pelham. No, but the, one, no, but you know what, a, Jim? A, a, Jim, the right doesn't. We want to talk right, left. The right doesn't. Namey, you know. Oh, they. Oh, oh, Councillor Hyden, Councillor Edgar had complaints against them. Dismissed. That was a private citizen. It wasn't with, with, with internally, because we found out that Councillor Augustine got up and said, "I will name who one of the code of conduct complainants is against." Uh, Mr. Petrowski or Councilor Petrowski and, and revealed it was the town of Pelham. Which isn't a legitimate person. Yeah, you have to a be person. a person. Well, no, they would argue a corporation. The corporation of the town of Pelham is a person. Nonsense. <sighs> hey, if, if, it ha- if, it's, if, if it means attacking, the left will make it work. And they did. And they got away with it. And it was atrocious what they got away with with this code of conduct fiasco. And it'll be atrocious again now that they're doing it under review. Although I have to say this, also newsflash, I've heard that the current integrity commissioner, which is now the full-time one because Maskerin was part-time, I have heard they looked back and saw how Maskerin did their work. I've heard, and I don't care who asked me because I'm not telling you, I've heard that they weren't impressed, and I'm being very polite. It was a complete fiasco complete it was a complete corrupt process the notion that anybody could get away with that integrity commissioner but even worse too jim is what your elected officials supported by ratifying the recommendations in that code of conduct complaint because they should have all been thrown out number one under charter freedom of expression whether it's good expression or not or as some radio people say but it's not consequence free freedom of speech but anyway, I don't think anyone expects their freedom, their free speech, to be consequence free. Uh, I, I don't either. But the only consequence, if it's not illegal, Jim, did I break any laws? Mm. Did my tweets break a law? Yes or no? No. Did my calling the mayor at town no. of Pelham disruptive break the law? Did my I com- gotta agree with you on that. But Jim, one if you too, don't, like break, if the you law, don't break the law, then what? why why do you have a code of conduct? So you don't need a code. You have a code to punish people politically. Bart May said it once. He said it many times. how do you decide what's disrespectful or what's unbecoming of a counselor? Um, But I will tell you how. I'll tell you how. Foul language? I'll tell you how, Jim. You can have a complaint process, 
and you can say, I'm complaining and I want an apology, and then the counselor has a right to say yes or no. And that can be public in the paper and that can be shaming on its own. Mm. And it should end there because it's lawful. But guess what that accomplishes, especially you have the standard pumping for a guy like one reporter, not a reporter, hack journalist Columnist. coming after me, religious persecution, going to keep getting that out. Mm. You do have a final outcome. You know what the outcome's called? The ballot box. There's your consequence-free freedom of speech. Mm. If people don't like what I said, and it gets, it should get publicized. There's no problem with it getting publicized. But my tweets for, have been on there like for six, nine months. And then all of a sudden, the no, do you know the notion of passing a motion to say, we want to hire an integrity commissioner. And you know what they did the same night in December last year? Oh, but we're going to backdate all uh, potential complaint opportunities to a year and a half before this so we can catch Andy. I call it catch Andy on anything he did before. And that passing. We're in the municipal act. Can you go retroactive? So, Jim, yeah. I'm going to do this. Uh, this budget year, you're a real estate guy, and you'll admit people from out of town think our taxes are horrendous compared mm -hmm. to Toronto, right? Amen. Right? Yeah, horrendous. Toronto guys come down here and they're like, they can't even believe our taxes. Two to three times what they pay. Okay, so you know what I'm going to do? At budget. At budget, I'm going to say, let's make retroactive a 3% increase since the beginning of this term. So let's – no, I'm going to make it retroactive. So let's go back. We missed our opportunity in, in, in 11. Let's go back 3%. Sorry, not 11. We're now 14, 18. In, in 15 and in 16 and 17, let's do retroactive. Can you imagine passing a retroactive tax bill? Well, that's why they don't let you do retroactive motions. You can, they're they're against the law. Yeah. <laughs> they're against the law. But, th but this council passed a retroactive uh, motion, and they know it. They know it. But, hey, if I stood up. So hang well, on. you so, know what, well, you, Jim, may, hang on. you I want might to be this. giving up too much credit by saying they know it because they don't know the municipal act that well. No, There's probably I know. a handful. No, of those but some, some, there that are a few that yeah. do. The mayor Pelham certainly probably knows. Mm. And here's the thing, though, with the code of conduct attack on my freedom of speech, and these illegal motions, they want me to spend my money to uphold the law. Wrong. I shouldn't have to uphold the charter. If they don't like what I say, they should codify in the code, Jim. Andy, Andy, counselors can't say this word, this word, this word, this word. Right now, and you read Maskerin's uh, uh, code of conduct, he says, and he should acknowledge on his Twitter that it's not appropriate for for uh, this type or for it's it's just for this type of language. What type? What? Well, am I breaking the law? Am I engaging in hate no, speech? No, but why not give me the list of 4,500 words I can't use? Hmm. Can't use words like scaly. Can't use words like plastic. No, but honestly, Jim, the point is this. In the States, in the States, the, the politicians don't have to go in front of a court system and cost taxpayers money to uphold the charter. On behalf of, it's not just me. By going in front of the court system, challenging this legally, getting legal advice that, by the way, to take the, the, the counsel now to, to court would probably cost two to three times that, right? But that would be a benefit to all the public for two reasons. Number one, you get rid of this illegal notion that you don't have the right to disagree. Because at the end of the day, Jim, freedom of speech, when it's legal and not, so it's not inciting hatred or violence, right? That's illegal. Right. You and I can disagree. We do all day long. But you, what's that old saying from Voltaire? I may disagree with what you say, but not 
your right to say yeah, it? Yeah, defend your right to say okay. it. Okay, that's yeah. all right. So at the end of the day, we have to fight for that because if we don't, we have nothing. And we can say, and I'm, I, I'm glorifying it, but I had a father and an uncle who served in the war. We People fought way before us for mm. these liberties and these yeah. rights. Okay, they did. Mm -hmm. They did. Now we're glossing this over because of political correctness. So number one, we have to fight for that. But the, the, the second thing is, who wants to run, Jim? You you had a political. With who wants to run some with the threat that Nimrod can just file a complaint against you at any time? Correct, and you will never know what who, you can. What? No, but you can't. You will never know what conduct you're you're entitled to until the council of the day says through their integrity commissioner, cough cough, what you can and can't say. In the states, when a politician, when Jim Fannin counselor, any Petroski counselor says something. And someone thinks you broke the First Amendment, same thing, First Amendment, freedom of speech, okay? Like our charter, Section 2, freedom of speech. In the states, you take Andy to court to say he violated the First Amendment. It's not for Andy to go to court to say, uphold my First Amendment, mm. my charter. They, they're forcing me to uphold my charter rights. So is this where the 44,000 comes in? Yes. And so how do you justify flipping that on the region as far as you know just like, an offensive move yeah no just in. like no to, to to well to understand what the what my legal ram what my legal uh options are to fight this and at the end of the day jim at the end of the day <laughs> to fight it and That's i said funny. it's going to take yeah so so i now with this new expense policy they've and Bart Mays fought to leave it in. They said, no, you can't have legal expenses. So anybody can attack Andy, even frivolously. And I would say those complaints, we're not talking about right or wrong language. I apologize for wrong. But they weren't illegal. I didn't break any laws. So mm -hmm. anyone who attacks Andy, who has stayed within the law but has broken a subjective code of conduct, has no legal recourse has no legal costs, has no legal defense. You're on your own. And let me tell you something, Jim, because I tried to defend myself, and I did, successfully last term. It's hours and hours and hours of putting together your case against a frivolent, malicious, political code of conduct complaint completely grounded in a hit job and a witch hunt. So so Andy, part-time Andy, making his $25,000 a year as a regional counselor, because I'm exposing all these deeds at the end of the day or, or challenging staff and some counselors don't like it and are using just this, asking questions. Just asking questions. Because these some counselors or members of the public who are in bed with those counselors want to come after me because I'm rocking the boat called status quo. So we have a thing. We now have a thing. We can go after Andy. We have a way to take him off the rails. Forever and constantly, the code of conduct, because Andy can't hire a lawyer to defend himself. So we will swamp him. And as long as we get a liberal, friendly integrity commissioner, which the last one clearly was, and as long as we get a guy who will throw, and isn't this funny, as a lawyer, he's all day, he's in a court representing his clients, and he has to adhere to the principles of natural justice, know your complaint. Like, does anyone ever go into a courthouse, Jim, and the table beside you is empty? The defendant or the plaintiff? You always know. Do you see your plaintiff? Yep. Yep. You does the judge say? Does the judge say this is what you're charged of, mm -hmm. Mr. Fannin? And by the way, after their side, do you get to present mm -hmm. your side before mm -hmm. the judge or jury picks it? Oh, in this case, 
You don't know who you are. You don't know what you're charged with. You don't get a chance to present your case. And by the way, Andy, and other counselors, and other Jim Fannins who may want to run in Niagara, you're on your own now. So how's this going to change then with the new integrity commissioner with the so-called new code of conduct? How's anything Well, there's a bunch of counselors. No, they're fighting hard. Some of them, Tony Quirk and, and uh, I think Councillor Valpatti brought forward a motion to, to try to uh, capture this term of official capacity that, yes, Jim, I agree. When I'm there at council or when I'm doing Unofficial region business, business at the region, or I'm representing the region. Out in the field. Out in the, which, by the way, is exactly how Brock structures their student code of conduct. Go and look at it. It's online. It says you are a student while when you're on campus, period. Right, okay. When you're on or campus. Or in official capacity. Or in official ca capacity. So if you're on campus. Which is pretty clear. I'm right. here representing Brock. I'm here representing the region. And That's I guess that means if you're at that bar at the back. Oh, is there a bar used to be called Isaac. at uh, Isaac's? There was one actually on the edge there. It was the escarpment when I was a little kid because we used to climb up the escarpment here, the rock and roll and everything. But anyway, um, that means you're on property. You're on official capacity, right? You're under our rules. Makes sense? Sure. Makes sense. Okay. Even after yeah. hours. I mean, hey, you're in the cafeteria. We expect you to behave according to the code of conduct of students here. Like, you know, don't throw your pudding cup at somebody or whatever. But the region, because they can get away with it, and because there's liberals in the media even I hear on the radio going, I think they're on the clock 24-7. Ridiculous. Nonsense. And if they are, then pay me to be on the clock 24-7. My dad was a doctor. He wasn't on the Is clock 24-7. Is there no precedent that's ever been set oh, on sure. this before? Like, no, that's just capacity. No, this there, is not there are codes of conduct in the province that specify capacity, and I think Councillor Quirk and Councillor Valpatti pointed to it, so they do. But, but cowardly liberal government Kathleen Wynne and company, when they just did the amendments, Jim, to the Municipal Act, didn't touch to, anything like did, that. No, you can have a code of conduct in Belleville and a code of conduct in Atacokan, and one can make you accountable 24-7, the other can make you accountable just when you're in the counselor chamber, for that matter, at two extremes. She has allowed the code of conduct so to be... Jim, it's a wild west. So what should have happened? Simple. One code of conduct, one code of conduct across the province. Three integrity commissioners Amen. employed by the province Amen. to come in and... But Amen. then won't they be... Employed by the win or the ruling government of the day, too? Apparently, but at least you have, you know, I have some faith in the appeal court system. The appeal, take it out of the local judges here, which are all right, reading the newspapers. Right. They're so all the reading the decision comes down, you have uh, recourse to appeal it. And then you have recourse to appeal it. You can take it higher. And, and by the way, if you take it higher, you should have an opportunity to have your costs paid for. And you know what? It sucks that maybe the t taxpayer has to, but Jim Cops, Cops here in Niagara, who are accused of ever, who are confused pay. of all sorts of things, suspended with pay, and who pays for the legal fees? Us. We do. Mm -hmm. And and even when they get found guilty, who gets paid with the legal fees mm -hmm. at the end? And when they go back to their job, who pays for their compensation? Why why are they much different? Why? Well, because you know they're public servants. You know they're employees or whatever. Fine. Who's going to say no to the cops? Pardon me. Who's going to say no to the cops? No, firemen, the firemen have the same. But, but and and same and same, Jim, for any uh, public sector worker at the region. Hundred million bucks is that what we? What is that? Our hundred forty. Okay, St. Catharines portion oh. of the NRP budget is a hundred million. Is no, right? St. Catharines total municipal budget is about probably. I'm suggesting you're probably pushing hundred and ten. So it's at a hundred ish, and of the hundred, one third, 
thirty million, okay. thirty-five million goes to the police, and another twenty-five million. Get this Half to fire twenty-five and thirty-five. No, that's sixty. Sixty percent of the budget is for two professions, important professions, and then and then throw on ambulance. When's the last time we had a fire? <laughs> Don't go there with me, Jim. <laughs> These guys are paying a hundred thousand dollars a year to shine trucks and sleep on their backs. No offense to the firemen, but. Seriously. You're talking about night shift. We can't. Can we go back to the volunteer fireman days? Well, there's still communities around Canada that have volunteer firemen, don't they? Communities right here in Niagara. Tell, tell, ask Mayor Bob Bentley what would happen to his budget if he had to pull his 95 to 100% volunteer fire department and replace them with Union or Welland. Jim, they'd go broke tomorrow. They have volunteer fire departments. Now, I'm not, I'm not weighing in right, wrong, volunteer or not, but the thing is this. How how do you have two how do you have two sets of rules? How come volunteer fire firefighters is okay in Welland and Grimsby? Grimsby, come on, let's let's say, no, let's 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 say this: built out to the urban boundary, houses everywhere. They are a uh, I would consider I would suggest a developed and mature urban community today. Right? Mm -hmm. They're not the old. We're kind of in the same time era when we were here. They're not the old rural Grimsby anymore, right? right? They have the escarpment. They are a mature and developed urban. They have an almost all volunteer fire department. So they're running, Jim, a budget without the cost that St. Catharines covers of a basically 25% of their budget. So if you take, I don't know what uh, Grimsby's budget is, but let's say Grimsby's budget is um, 30, 40 million. And they're paying some volunteer, you know, they pay stipends and all that. You throw on uh, fire, it jumps to fifty-five, sixty million dollars, and they know that. Fire like full time, all shifts, twenty-four hours. So I guess well, firemen are twenty-four hours. Maybe that's why counselors are twenty-four hours. <laughs> Let's leave on that note for now. <laughs> Thanks for your time, brother. Thank you. Appreciate it. I don't know if we solved anything today, but it's always good to talk to somebody that's... Well, I'm sure we've given uh, the press a lot of food for fodder. Yeah. Uh, like I said, my, my little byline, just because I'm being interviewed and Jim sharing his opinions doesn't mean I automatically agree The opinions of this guest and the sponsors are not necessarily, although they may be, the opinions of the sponsors and guests. But, but they're, all, they're all apparently fair game for the next Code of Conduct volley. Yeah. Right? Amen. So... All right, brother. Thank you, Jim.